Can the pros keep pace with the experienced Joes tonight? Where will the eclectic value of Nick Chubb wind up this evening? And will Larry Fitzgerald or Mike Evans be selected first? Follow along with the live draft board tonight and listen to our pick-by-pick analysis as we call the action from the 2018 FFPC Pros versus Joes Ford Pinto League number 6 to see who will win a 2019 FFPC main event team. We've got a great show for you. Dave Gerzak is here. I'm Eric Balkman. Stick around. Your high-stakes fantasy football hour starts now. Once upon a time not long ago, when people wore pajamas and lived like slugs, when laws were stern and justice stood, and people were behaving like they ought to good, there lived a little boy who was misled by another little boy, and this is what he wrote. Me and you tonight, we're going to make some cash, robbing old folks. They did the job, money came with ease But one couldn't stop, it's like he had a disease He robbed another and another and a sister and a brother Tried to rob a man who was as easy undercover The cop grabbed his arm, he started acting erratic Broadcast live and heard around the world You are now listening to the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet It's the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com With your hosts, Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is your home for football analysis from the best fantasy players in the world. And now, because no one else was available, here are Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. Thanks so much, Rob. Greetings and salutations, all of you Balkaholics and Gerzak and addicts. Welcome to the latest episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. I'm your slightly above average host, Eric Balkman, and my co-host is the patron saint of fantasy football, Dave Gerzak, better known as The Dizzle. Tonight, it's a sad night, we have the last of six special episodes for you. It's the FFPC Pros vs. Joe's Ford Pinto Lead Number 6 Draft tonight. We'll be covering it for you for the next two hours. You can follow the live draft board, of course, at youtube.com slash highstakesfantasyfootball. And I want to give a shout-out to the uh, BTR chat room as well as the YouTube chat room. Uh, post uh, your questions that you might have in there. Uh, connect with us on Twitter at HSFFR, at Eric Balkman, at David Gerzak this evening. You can also uh, post on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash HSFFR. And if you want to chime in and give us a call, please do so at 347-426-3682. That's 347-GAME-OVA. You can also email the show at the inbox, highstakesfantasyfootball at gmail.com. We'll do our best to get to as many chat room questions and emails uh, and tweets throughout the program tonight, thanks to the hard work from our producer and mutual friend Rob and our audio engineer Bryce. Uh, so thank you to those guys for working a lot of overtime in the last couple of weeks. I want to thank uh, Darren Armani again for uh, throwing this together. Check out his website, fantasymojo.com. Great Great, great, great resource for any FFPC player. Uh, And uh, let's kick things off tonight and let you know that if this is the first time you're listening to the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour, we broadcast every Friday night at 10, 9 central. On-demand streaming is always available for listening uh, anytime via Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, YouTube, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn Radio, Spreaker, and Overcast. Tonight's lineup, the Joes will be drafting in the odd positions the even positions will be populated by the pros. Leading things off tonight is uh, the FFPC Joe Sky Eilers. Uh, heard from Sky last night talk about uh, who he uh, said he was going to be picking number one. And uh, spoiler alert, he came through on that. No surprises there. Shane Hallam from the Fake Pigskin is drafting second tonight. 
Jason Steves is a longtime FFPC player. He's picking third tonight from Pro Football Focus. Scott Barrett, I think he's making his Pros versus Joe's debut tonight. He is in the four spot. Uh, FFPC Joe's Mark Barons and Jason Dare are uh, in the five spot. Yahoo Sports Scott Pianowski is uh, drafting sixth, right ahead of uh, a very accomplished FFPC player, former two-time High Society champion Glenn Lowy. Our good friend Michael Nazarick from FFMastermind.com is right behind Lowy. And then, of course, former guest of the show, just heard him a couple of weeks ago, Mike Dente, along with Adam Angelillo. They are picking ninth. Uh, former co-host of the show, DraftSharks.com's Matt Schaub. Picking 10, the uh, Joes uh, are well, Joe's lineup completed by Scott Hoyt and Steve Dusick tonight at the 11th spot. And 4for4.com's Josh Moore is rounding things up tonight. Dave, we are entering night six, and uh, I, I feel pretty good. Um, it, it's, I, I'm going to tell you, though, the sixth show, always the challenge for us because we're always trying to unearth new storylines. This is the show I always rely on, the drafters doing something crazy so we can touch on that. Jen Ryan sort of took the cake on that a couple of nights ago when she started off tight end, tight end, tight end. We'll see what happens tonight, though. Yeah, I'm excited. I mean, I feel pretty good after, um, I think having done this for a few years, getting through six is not as big of a task. You know, I'm mentally we're still ready to go. The fact that, and again, I, I always come back to this, we split it up over two weeks. That's key. That has helped. Uh, doing it <laughs> six nights in a row, man, I, I don't know how we ever did that. And even more importantly, I don't know how we did it, I don't know how the listeners put up with it for six nights. Oh, it's a little bit, you know, boring after a while. It does get boring after a while. Let's get into the analysis <laughs> tonight. Um, first round is complete. A lot of running backs. If you like running backs, there was a hell of a lot of them cho- uh, chosen here in the first round. Kicking things off was uh, Sky Eilers, of course, taking Todd Gurley, as he told us on the show last night that he would be doing. David Johnson, once again, sneaks ahead of Le'Veon Bell at the two spot. Shane Hallam grabs David Johnson at the 102. Jason Steves. Uh, then takes Le'Veon Bell at the 103. Le'Veon Bell's real-life teammate, Antonio Brown, no slippage to the 107 tonight. He goes at the 104 to Scott Barrett, uh, followed by six, count them, six straight running backs. Ezekiel Elliott to Barons and Dare. Uh, then it's Alvin Kamara to Scott Pianowski. Saquon Barkley to Glenn Lowy. Kareem Hunt to Michael Nazarick. Leonard Fournette to Mike Dente and Adam Angelillo. And then you have Melvin Gordon going to Matt Schauf at the 110. DeAndre Hopkins and Odell Beckham rounding things out in the, uh, at the end of the first round tonight. It's Hopkins uh, to Scott Hoyt and Steve Dusick, and then Josh Moore from uh, 4 for 4 taking Odell Beckham at the 112. I, just, I mean, we, we could talk about the running backs here that went in the first round. I, I don't think there's much to say other than Johnson over Bell. And if we get a chance, I think we're going to get a chance to talk to Shane Hallam at some point tonight once he gets his draft going, once we get this analysis going. I'm sure uh, we'll have a conversation with him about why he took David Johnson over Le'Veon Bell. I had a great conversation last Friday with Evan Silva from Roto World about why he took David Johnson over Ezekiel Elliott. You can go back to listen, listen to that show from this past Friday. Uh, we had um, Evan Silva on. That was a, it was a great show, along with uh, FFPC Joe Doug Goodison. I digress. I think the, the thing that I guess I'll just center on talking about tonight, two, well, two things. Well, two things we'll get into. First, Kareem Hunt to Michael Nazareth, Dave. We've seen Hunt slip to the second round in some drafts. We've seen him go uh, as high as, as I look at my uh, handy-dandy uh, FFPC ADP here. In uh, FFPC best ball formats, We've seen Kareem Hunt, like I said, go in the second round. We've also seen him go as high as the 106 
he's pretty volatile this year. Would you be taking Kareem Hunt at the back end of the first round? Is that a, a player you can invest in? Yeah, I like Kareem Hunt. I think he's got a good skill set. I think the team is, is going to be successful. I, they're a playoff caliber team. Good, good offensive line. Other offensive weapons, which one could argue limit him a little bit, but I like to also argue get him closer to the end zone all the time with uh, you know Kelsey and you know Tyreek Hill, Sammy Watt. It's going to be a good team. It is going to be a good team. I, I, do you think? I, did we talk about this about the? Um, and maybe we have. It's kind of blurring together. The comparison we had to the Patriots from a few years ago, with we knew somebody was going to bust, we just didn't know who. Is there something to that? I think we did talk about this. We did, but we, I was just mean more likely to be a receiving option than the, the core running back right. for, uh, you know, for, a, you know, Andy for Reed, an elite he, offense. Yeah, and Andy Reid loves to have a, a one-trick. He doesn't like to have a bunch of running backs. He has to have one running right. back he uses all the time. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. Uh, last thing I want to say, uh, 112 tonight is uh, Mr. Flake, Odell Beckham, tonight. And uh, I say Mr. Flake because he's been called a little bit flaky on the show by both you and I. Any concern with drafting him, starting your team off with Odell Beckham as an anchor, be it in a, a football guys team, an FFPC main event, uh, a best ball? Do you have any trepidation there with having making Odell Beckham your first round pick? You know, not necessarily, but you know, Eli Manning is getting old. I mean, your receiver really is who your quarterback is is what really matters. So he's a super talented wide receiver. I, I would be okay with taking Beckham. Kevin Williamson, by the way, Bourbon City Ballers, uh, FFPC player, a longtime listener of the show, which we uh, appreciate, um, just pointed out that Shane Hallam, uh, drafting from the two spot tonight, doing it all, participating in the YouTube chat room, participating in the Blog Talk radio chat room, and obviously drafting tonight. That is dedication. And you know what? He's well, going yeah. to be calling in, too. Well, you know, he's done these before. So many, right. like, you know, this is like, you know, multi-tabling poker, right? So you probably, probably play like 10 tables at a Right. Time, so... This is no big deal for him to do a draft. Walks up to the blackjack table, wants to play yeah. all the all the seats. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he yeah. knows he knows what's up. He knows where all these guys get drafted. Back to Beckham, I probably won't end up with a lot of Beckham because some of the running backs that are available around where he goes, I would probably be taking. Like McCaffrey, one at the two hundred eight, I probably would take McCaffrey, and it's I wouldn't mind taking him over Beckham, to be honest with you. Really? Yeah, I guess I could see that. I just, I mean, I love McCaffrey. I get it. I, you know, and he's, a, I think he's gonna be a top ten running back again. Yeah. So you know what I mean, like. This guy goes with a 208. He was an RB9 last year, and he's gotten stronger and a little bit bigger, and he has more Turner, and yet he's still getting drafted at the middle of the end of the second round sometimes. So. Wasp guy chiming in in the chat room. Apparently, Shane Hallam plays three-dimensional chess, too. Did not realize that. But hey, uh, He's like the president. Yeah, he is. Um, he's, he's, <laughs> like, uh, he's like the Bobby Fischer of pros versus Joe. <laughs> yeah. um, listen, uh, the other thing I was going to say about um, – uh, what were you just talking about? Beckham. Um, I forgot it. Damn it. Um, that's okay. We can, we can move. Oh, McCaffrey. We were talking about that. Perhaps the biggest obstacle for McCaffrey finishing as a top 10 running back this year is his coach not giving him a breather every now and then if he wants to get him 30 touches a game. Yeah. You know, that, that might be the only thing slowing him down. We'll around and be like, what are you doing over here? Yeah. Get out there. Get on the field. Travis Kelsey leads off the second round tonight. Kelsey going to Josh Moore from four for four, followed by another tight end. So we have tight ends as the first two picks of the second round. It's Rob Gronkowski to the FFPC Joe, uh, Joe combo of Scott Hoyt and Steve Dusick. Dalvin Cook is the second straight running back to Matt Schaub as he pairs Cook with Gordon in the first round. Keenan Allen, Michael Thomas, and Julio Jones, all receivers, all off the board right after that. It's Keenan Allen to Dente and Angelillo. It's Michael Thomas to Michael Nazareth. And then it's Julio Jones to Glenn Lowy to go with uh, Saquon Barkley. 
Devontae Freeman to Scott Pianowski. He is uh, going running back, running back, which we, we're seeing a growing trend in this draft of doing that uh, to start off your draft. Christian McCaffrey, as Dave already pointed out, going to Barron's and Dare. Uh, then you have Jarek McKinnon as the number one running back selected by Scott Barrett. He goes receiver running back to start, Brown, and then McKinnon. Devontae Adams, the final receiver of the four, chosen in the second round to Jason Steves. Pair of running backs tonight, it's Darius Geis to Shane Hallam. It's Joe Mixon to uh, Yosemite Sam Bradford. That's Sky Eilers, the FFPC Joe drafting there. Uh, so he pairs Mixon with Gurley. The only surprise to me... In the second round, Dave. Yes. The two eleven. <laughs> Darius Geis. This this is interesting. Shane announced in the chat room my first crazy pick uh, <laughs> by taking Geis at the two eleven. How volatile has Darius Geis been uh, in the pros versus Joe's format so far? So we've seen him go at the the five oh six. Yeah. Um, the earliest I can tell you this. This is surprising. Since July tenth. Yep. In the F, in of all the FFPC best balls that have been done, you know, 120 of them plus. Okay. The earliest Geist has gone was the 212. Shane Hallam just readjusted that. Break, breaking records. Yeah, breaking records. Shane Hallam. Crazy Shane Hallam. So what's his ADP, though, just so we get this? 309. Yeah, so, you know, so to make, the, to make Shane's case, it has, maybe he thought somebody Sam would take him, right? And Entirely possible. So he just took him at the 211 versus the 302. Who cares? That's kind of almost the same pick. And he's definitely not getting him in the – well, he's, it's maybe a 10% chance, 5% chance to get him in that late fourth round, right? I know it happened, but, I mean, it's so it's very rare that it happens. So if he wanted guys to get him at the 211, that's okay. I actually feel all right about that. It is – technically it's early, but if he's going at the end of the third and you think he's a top 10, top 12 back, I mean, what the hell are you got to do? And all, all the reports we've been getting – thus far from all the Washington beat writers. And granted, I mean, honestly, if, if there's reports out there at this point in the season and it's not uber positive, I think that's, that's a semi-red flag. You know what I mean? Yeah, hence Doug Baldwin, like we were talking about before. Well, well, I, won't, I know we'll get to that. Okay, we will get to that. I was actually going to discuss Baldwin's teammates, who we talked about before yeah, the show. But we, and we'll get to that right, in a little bit. We shouldn't bit. talk about either of those players because they're undrafted. Well, well, it's not that. It's just let's make it topical. Let's, let's talk about the players that are being selected, you know, after they've been selected. Yeah, this work, you know, Bucky, I'm, I'm learning a little bit now. I, don't, I, I think you knew this all, all along. This is not, this is not earth-shattering uh, by any means. Um, I try to take, take you off topic as much as I can. Right. It, believe me, you do a good job. Um, Thanks. I'm the Dizzle Wrangler on the show <laughs> is, uh, is how it is. Um, Anyway, the thing I wanted to say about guys, you could see the pick at 211. You could see the argument for it. I don't think it's a terrible pick by any means. And we, in the whole dynasty season, neither one of us was super high on guys. Yeah, I, I passed. I didn't, have, I, had, I didn't have a lot of 102 picks. I had like one or two, I believe. I did pass on guys. This was earlier, though. And I, you know, I think... He's kind of proven himself that he's, he's doing very well. I, I feel like he's kind of moved back up to that 102, 103 range in, in rookie dynasty picks for me. Yeah. Well, I had that rookie auto draft last night. I took him at the 102. You did take him, yeah, yeah. exactly. So, so I would have done the same thing. Um, I also had the opportunity, by the way. Well, I, I don't want to get into it now. Nobody cares. Um, but, that's the, but that's the big pick I wanted to talk about at the, two, at the 211. Joe Mixon at the 212, too. Uh, that seems to be where he has been going. Um, in FFPC best ball. For whatever reason, it, it seemed like he was going a little bit later in pros versus Joe's drafts, but tonight he goes at the 212. 
nothing else really uh, stood out to me in the second round, so let's get break down the, uh, the, the first half of the third round at a minimum. Uh, Sky Eilers, after he takes Mixon, he follows that up with Zach Ertz at the 301, so you're getting one of the top uh, big three, the big elite three at tight end. You're getting him at the 301 there. T.Y. Hilton almost made it to the turn, uh, but he falls one spot to the 302 as the first receiver chosen by Darius Geis, uh, uh, the Darius Geis-led Shane Hallam squad. A.J. Green right after that is the uh, second receiver drafted by Jason Steves. Then LaShawn McCoy uh, moves all the way up to the third round tonight to uh, Scott Barrett from uh, Pro Football Focus. He takes McCoy at the 304. Doug Baldwin, and we'll talk about this in a little bit, Doug Baldwin actually goes to Mark Barron's and Jason Dare at the 305. Uh, Mike Evans, congratulations. What a great pick as he goes off the board before you know who. Uh, Evans is the 306 selected uh, uh, pick by uh, Scott Pianowski from Yahoo Sports. So let's talk about Doug Baldwin. Um, you and I were having a, uh, a back and forth about him before the show started. We were having a bitter match. The news, yeah. The news was that he has a bruised knee, I believe you said. Uh, yeah. He's, he's expected to miss a few a, weeks. He's a little off is what the Roto World blurb said, and that, yeah, it's some sort of something with his knee. Isn't quite, isn't quite right. Uh, good stuff in the, in the chat room. Right Wasp guy uh, chiming in, uh, who you can actually hear draft Friday night on, in the Football Guys Players Championship right on these airwaves. He says he's nervous about uh, Doug Baldwin. Yeah, those are, you know, yep. Shane Hallam said he had Doug Baldwin penciled in to his 211-302 picks uh, since this past Sunday, but the leg issue was worrisome, so he went with T.Y. Hilton instead. Uh, so this is interesting. I mean, we, we, we talked about how far he would fall. He did fall, I guess, a, a you know, too much, but well, man, middle, middle of the, the third. They may not know the news, by the way. There's 12 people here. That, that's, like, entirely, that's entirely possible. One not to know. Yeah. Um, but still, uh, middle of the third. I guess that's, that's what we need to watch it in, in the FFPC over the next uh, couple of weeks, that Baldwin's going to be missing. Shane says he'll probably be fine, but not worth the risk. At that, at that point in the draft. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that's exactly what I was saying. And it's like you, you don't want players that are hurt coming into training camp or in training camp during training camp. You just don't want that. I also don't want players coming off a season-long injury where they're just getting their crap together in, like, August. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, he's going to be probably ready. It's like, dude, it's been a year. Right, you know? yeah. So I don't, want, I don't want those players on my team. Let someone else take that risk. Right, exactly. And, uh, and, that's, and Barons and Dare were, uh, were on board with taking that risk at the 305. We'll see how it plays out. Let's see how this phone call plays out. As we hit the airways early tonight, we're going to go to the uh, 225. You are on the air with David Balky for the Pros versus Joes coverage. Who's this? How's it going? This is Brad Pinkstaff from last night in the 10th Yes, Brad Pinkstaff. Yes, drafting. A four, by the way, former guest of the show, Brad Pinkstaff, and, uh, and drafter in the uh, Pros vs. Joes challenge last night. We definitely were excited to hear from you, and, and uh, we'll take a, a bit of a, a respite from, uh, from this draft. And, Brad, we'll talk about what you guys did last night in your uh, Pros versus Joe's draft. Uh, before we kick that off uh, and talk about some of the players, how did, you, how, did, how, did you, how did it turn out? What do you guys think? Were you happy with it? Was this uh, all part of the plan? What was your initial reaction when you looked at the roster after the completion of the draft? Uh, we've got some holes. We've got to get lucky. But the odds makers put us at, uh, at what, in fifth spot at 9-1, to one, so we're happy with that. We, we took a lot of wild cards. Uh, you know, you had a call last night, and Matt Kelly was looking for high-floor guys. I mean, to us, that's a good way to get you right there in the sixth position. You know, we're trying to win the entire thing. <laughs> uh, 
looking for wild cards, right? I mean, looking for guys. I mean, we've got to hit some of the – you look at the list, some of the guys we took, Des Bryant, Antonio Gates, two quarterbacks early, uh, Nick Chubb early. Uh, these are the type of guys that we have to hit. And everyone, everyone's doing the same thing, and we wanted to be a little bit different. We weren't too extreme, uh, but we feel like that's the way to, to win this thing. Yeah, you know, I look at your draft and you and, and Todd Musgrave drafting from the 10 spot last night. I, as far as the first few picks, I, I think that um, as far as where these players are going, that seemed about right. Leonard Fournette, uh, Michael Thomas, Tyreek Hill, Sony Michelle, Deshaun Watson, uh, George Kittle, that all seems about right. The Nick Chubb pick, uh, which I liked, by the way, and, and I know Dave did too, um, he's, for whatever reason, he'd been falling in, in so many of these pros versus Joe's draft. And, and I think you guys finally took him right where FFPC drafters had been taking him uh, over the course of the year. But let's talk about this, uh, the next pick that you made. Uh, this would have been in round eight. You already had Deshaun Watson in round five. Talk a little bit about why you guys went with Drew Brees to get your second quarterback that early in this, in this draft. Sure. So, you know, when I was on the call a couple of weeks ago, I basically told you guys what I was going to do, and it almost panned out. We tried to get – we wanted to get D-Hop in round one, but, uh, you know, we're, we're Saints fans, so we're a bit of homers. But uh, Deshaun Watson, you know, he's electric, um, just not sure if he can stay healthy. So our, 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 our goal there was to try to get a number one quarterback, uh, knowing that Deshaun could put up big numbers if he's going to stay healthy, and then – you know, Breeze is up there in the top three, uh, very consistent. You know, he's dropped off a, a touch, but he's, he's going to be there every week in case Deshaun Watson went down. Uh, Breeze was, was going to be there. And you can see we followed that up with some with another wild call with uh, Lamar Jackson at a third quarterback spot, um, knowing that we had some stability with, uh, with Breeze on that pitch. You know, and then and you, you look at what you did. I mean, it, it kind of cost you a little bit because you, you take the two quarterbacks and, and the, the two tight ends early in this draft. I mean, you have two of each after uh, round 10, but you still get, I mean, a potential number one receiver in Alan Hearns in the ninth. I mean, Des Bryant, if he does land somewhere, I mean, that will look like a pretty good pick in the 11th. You lock up the best defense in the league in the 12th. Uh, and then you get a couple of high, uh, high upside receivers in Kenny Galladay and, uh, and Calvin Ridley after that. Was there any, I mean, as you look through the first half of the draft uh, that, that you guys put together, was there any pick that you were really happy with, a, a guy that fell to you that you're like, oh, this, this is going to be good. This, this, you know, we didn't see this happening, but this is going to be a huge boon for, for our uh, squad here. Not really, because we as, we, as I talked about a couple of weeks ago, you know, I take the guys that I want, and we, we pulled the trigger on most of the guys early, right? Really. If you look at the beginning of the draft before the rollback, Mike Evans, I really liked it to 310, uh, but then it rolled back and we, we didn't pick him. So we pulled the trigger on a lot of guys before anyone else would. And I know Dave made a comment about me taking the Jags defense uh, at the 12th spot. You know, we, we, as I said in the call, you got to have each position has to be a top three position, right? And that's the only way you're going you're gonna to accumulate enough points to win this thing. And, and that's what we did, right? Uh, knowing we were going to get three defenses and the third defense was basically uh, dictated on how many were left at when we picked to scoop up a third defense. Uh, if you look at the, the, the point differential between the Jags and the rest of the defenses last year, it was huge. And it's much easier uh, to, to pick a, a top three position at the defense position, you know, versus a, a running back or a wide receiver position. So, and my thought is, why not pull the trigger? 
same thing with the kicker. I think we had the second kicker off the board uh, to try to lock up a top three position, which you, which you need uh, at the end of the day when when the uh, when the points the points margin is pretty slim. Yeah, I mean, three quarterbacks on your squad, three tight ends, three kickers, three defenses. I mean, I think you're really well balanced there. The Antonio Gates pick, I mean, the, the fact that you guys, you had Kittle, you had Seals-Jones, and then you can go ahead and get a guy like Antonio Gates, who I do believe will be a charger shortly again. Uh, you get him in the 24th round, uh, a guy who I believe will be a starting tight end in the NFL. To get him that late, I, I thought was really good value as well. Uh, and then that John Kelly pick, that, that, that's interesting too, that, that you get him late. Those are two of my favorites uh, for you uh, with your final few picks. So, so two things there. You know, our, our plan at the start was to pick Gates, which is why we took two younger guys uh, with maybe some upside, knowing or having the feel that Gates is going to be there. I mean, it was 220 points on the Chargers' uh, tight ends. You know, 140 of them went to Hunter Henry. He's out. So we figured that uh, Gates would be the answer, and he should be steady throughout the season. Uh, plug in a couple of wild cards with those two young guys at, at the tight end position. And then what we did late on the running back, so hard to pick. We, we looked at the best rookie receiving running back, hoping to get a third down back in there somewhere. Uh, you look at Tavon Austin, I, I wasn't even aware of it, but he was he listed as a running back. Uh, and since we, you know, we only took three running backs in the first 16 rounds, so we knew we needed some running back help. And when I saw that, I said, well, this guy may get a couple of catches uh, during the game, which is, you know, 30, 40, 50 yards, uh, maybe that'll help us. Yeah, those three, those three running backs you took right in a row in the middle of the draft, Yeldon, Bellage, and, and Austin, I, I think that's the, the, that was a good use of those draft picks there because I think those guys can really help you with the pass catching. I mean, overall, yeah, I think this is a, a very competitive team. You're obviously in a very competitive league as well, so we'll see how it plays out, but I think I would definitely go to bat with this team, Brad, uh, for sure. Listen, I, w- I want to thank you so much for calling in and, and, and rehashing this. This has been good. Uh, it's always good to talk to you. Best of luck not only in pros versus Joes, but in the main event and all your leagues this season, man. Take care. We'll talk to you again soon. Thank you. See you guys soon. Brad Pinkstaff, ladies and gentlemen, he and Todd Musgrave picking out of the 10 spot in the pros versus Joes challenge last night in the Giant Walkie Talkie League. Uh, put together a pretty formidable squad. Back to the analysis on uh, tonight's draft as we pick up the action in the mid-third right after the illustrious Mike Evans goes <laughs> off the board, Dave, at the 306. He sure is. Jordan Howard to Glenn Lowy as his second running back. Uh, Stephon Diggs is the second receiver drafted by Michael Nazarick uh, from FF Mastermind. Tyree Kill off the board after that to Mike Dente. Uh, Mike Dente and, and Angelillo. Uh, Adam Thielen, number one receiver for uh, Matt Schaub as he goes back-to-back Vikings. Salvin Cook in the second, Adam Thielen in the third. Kenyon Drake, the number one running back for Scott Hoyt and Steve Dusick uh, at the uh, 311 tonight, a rainbow start there. Back-to-back rainbow starts as Josh Moore also goes with Alex Collins as his number one running back to go with Odell Beckham and Travis Kelsey. Not much to, uh, to report on there that we haven't already. Again, uh, Alex Collins goes in the third round. I guess the pick that we can talk a little bit about uh, was one that we had talked about before we were uh, interviewing Brad Pinkstaff there, is the LaShawn McCoy pick as he goes all the way up to the, uh, um, uh, the, the 304 tonight. His ADP in uh, FFPC best ball since the news broke about his potential legal issue. Um, 
or domestic case, whatever you want to call it. I don't want to be crass. But he's been going at the 406. Is it possible, Dave? And call me crazy. You think that, that this, the legal stuff might be a little bit overblown. We haven't heard about it. Maybe, maybe this is something that, that um, is not dealt with in a timely manner. Is it possible that LaShawn McCoy could be the FFPC ascendant for 2018? Is it possible that he could be going in the mid-second round a couple of months ago, fall to the fourth and fifth, and now ascend back up into the second round? <laughs> you present an interesting, you know, the way you phrase it, very nice. I don't think so, but uh, anything's possible. Anything's possible, and I think we need to start considering it at this point because he's creeping back up, man. Goes, I mean, he has the earliest he's gone since the news uh, broke was the 202. Well, part of the problem, though, is that he I... He has fallen as late as the 707, by the way. Too. Part of, that's pretty late. Yeah. Part of the problem is that I get a part of the vote, and I, I still think he's guilty. So that, that's... But is it... Okay. I, I, and I don't mean to talk over you. That's no, fine. Okay. That, that's fine that you think he's guilty. However, <laughs> does it matter what you and I think as far as his guilt or innocence as far as fantasy goes? Don't we just care about what's going to happen to him... Of, for his, for his legal proceedings and how the NFL treats it? Yeah, I mean, but I, I think that if a person is guilty, the NFL is pretty good at sniffing that out, so I think that he was likely to get suspended that. Okay, all right. But, you know, have your fantasies, bulky. Unicorns are out there. I don't care. Yeah. Fine. <laughs> maybe he is. Maybe, maybe sure. Well, guy, all, but... all of a sudden, he gets clear or something, and all goes skyrocketing up. Yeah. We can pull a draft sharks. Like one of their first-round busts was Ricky Williams. All right. Who retired, you know, 48 hours after they called him their first-round bust in the middle of July, and then they proclaimed that a victory. Well, whatever. Lenny, I'm still pissed about that one from you know, how many I, years ago. I, I could see the argument, and I'm, I am not pissed at all. Our first-round boss successful. What? We drafted in the next 36 hours after we proclaimed it. Good job. Yeah, they nailed it. Yeah. Uh, Waskai, the ascendant pick, much greater than the Madden curse at this point. <laughs> I don't think it's been that bad, has it? We had Tyreek Hill last year. What do you think about that? He, he worked out. Yeah. Um, he was awesome. Some of the ones we've had in the past. Doug Martin years. was great when we picked him. That was the one good year he had. Did we have Amir Abdullah one year? That was not bueno. Let's just move on. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on. That was uh, the completion of the third round. Let's get into the fourth round. Allen Robinson to uh, Josh Moore at the 4-1. Back-to-back tight end picks then. Uh, Hoyt and Dusek take Jimmy Graham, their second tight end off the board. This is interesting to see when you have a team doubling up on tight ends early and they're you know, on one of the ends. Sometimes that has a ripple effect uh, through the rest of the draft. Uh, stay tuned, and, and we'll tell you how, how it's affecting teams. Spoiler alert, it's affecting them. Uh, Greg Olson right after that to Matt Schaub. I don't know if, if he was going to take a tight end at that point uh, originally, but the fact that um, Hoyt and Dusick doubled up on tight ends, maybe that caused Schaub to take Olson there at the 403, which I think is a little bit earlier than, than where he has been going. A little bit. Maybe uh, in FFPC best. But I don't know, 401 is his ADP, so I guess right around there. Uh, forget it. Derrick Henry at the 404 to Mike Zente and Adam Angelillo. Mark Ingram to Mike Nazareth from FF Mastermind right after that at the 405. And then uh, lowly Larry Fitzgerald. <laughs> Poor Larry falling all the way to the 406. And, you know, if he got taken by a drafter tonight, Dave, that it actually won money, that it actually <laughs> had a pretty good reputation in yeah. the industry, uh, maybe I'd take a little bit more seriously. 
But when you have Glenn Lowy taking him, who's, I don't know, won millions of dollars. I don't know about millions, but you did say two-time high society. When you said that, yeah. my heart kind of swooned. I, I dropped me. I was a little bit, you know, it's exciting. He's a, he's a six-figure grand prize winner, obviously, as well. And uh, back-to-back high society, where you're beating the, the best of the best and the FFPC has to offer uh, for a 50 grand payday. That's pretty pretty tight. He's a nice guy, too. Yeah, he's a good guy. He's, uh, he's been on this show. He's been on the, the high-stakes lowdown as well. He's an East Coaster. Uh, he is, and he takes Larry Fitzgerald. Which, it's good he doesn't talk like a stupid Midwesterner, which is nice. Were we just talking? Where was it, it was? it was different. It was... Um, it was either Sunday or Monday Night's Draft. Maybe you remember this, but you you looked at the that the team they were picking closer to the turn. It was like a, the team two, three, or four, something like that. And you looked like wow, they. I believe we are back, ladies and gentlemen. I do apologize for that technical difficulties on the end uh, of the studio here, and uh, I do certainly apologize. We are uh, back. I believe is the stream back up. I don't think the stream is back up yet. Uh, YouTube will be reconnected shortly, ladies and gentlemen. Shane hears us. Sadly, Shane hears us. <laughs> Sadly, Shane hears us. That is, uh, yeah, I don't know if it's good or not, um, but I, I think we're getting the stream back. Everything is all coming back. It's washing over us like a fresh rain, we're all feeling great, and... I think uh, a tornado went through the area. Egg, that's not true at all, because we would have we heard or seen something. Um, it was pretty clear. Yeah, on. well, whatever. Uh, anyway, to get back into it... Wildfires? Let's, let's get us not talking here. Or not wildfires. Let's go to the 405 and take a phone call in and, and just make sure everything is all back up Thanks to stuff here. Thanks a lot, 405, you're on the air with David Balky. Who is this? It's Danny Mueller, part of Ground and Pound. Ah, Danny hey. Mueller. What's up, buddy? We needed those dulcet tones coming on. This uh, this is good to hear from you, man. I know, listen, we're, we'll, we'll keep you, uh, we won't keep you on too long because I know you have an early morning ahead of you tomorrow, but you guys, you and Jeremy Roach drafted from the sixth spot last night, um, and we, we heard from Jeremy give his impression of, of how the draft was going, at least the first half of it, when you looked at the squad uh, after it was complete, what was your impression? How did it turn out as far as uh, what you thought it would be? Well, any draft I do, you do never does turn out exactly like you intended or planned. You know, that great uh, philosophical suit, uh, Michael Tyson once said, everybody has a plan until they get punched in the face. So, ah, such a great quote. You know, but, you know, we we kind of, uh, Jeremy and I talked before, and uh, I always kind of follow a general philosophy and, and best balls. And the thing about the pros and joes, it, it kind of is, it, I think it's kind of good preparation for the live events in Vegas because these guys don't really draft them like draft masters like I participate in. They're reaching for players just like you're in Vegas, which makes <laughs> it true, really just – 
throws a lot of curveballs into this, you know. But uh, generally, I, I'm paying more attention to numbers and con- roster construction. And, you know, I told Jeremy when we started out, I really wanted to start with running backs. I just feel all the best balls I've done, I just feel comfortable leading with a running back. And in the second round, we speculated. I really thought Ertz would be there. I didn't expect Kelsey to be there. Uh, and we was, uh, yeah, I was really wanting Christian McCaffrey. We wanted to start out with two running backs. I kind of wanted to start out with two running backs and third receiver. You know, kind of go two, two, one, and then start pounding running backs. Uh, I just kind of feel that I've got to have six really good quality running backs. And there's there's tons of receivers on the board, just tons of them. And, and <laughs> so, and you know, we uh, and there's a lot of late rounds. And and in discussing with Jeremy, he's in there in Chicago, and, and he. Uh, started just texting me like crazy in the afternoon says you've got to look at Anthony Miller he's just blowing it up at your Bears camp and so is Trubisky and blah 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 and sent me all kinds of videos and everything and said well you know I've been I've been trying to move up my board so we decided we was going to make an effort to grab Miller and I thought we had to grab him in the 15th round and I really for this if I was going to take any kind of risk what I wonder how I wanted to approach my risk factor and, and look for upside is I want some steady Eddie touchdown guys like Derrick Henry. I said, no, Derrick Henry's my target in the fourth round. And, you know, the controversy is when I backed off of guys, I was really wanting a receiver there. And I just wasn't that comfortable with all the other ones. And uh, I'm, I'm a big Fitz guy because I'm a Cardinal fan. Jeremy doesn't like Fitz as much as I do. <laughs> So when we got a chance to back up, was well, let's go get grab the guy that we wanted, and instead of guys, because if I went with guys, I'd have to grab. I, I felt compelled to get a receiver in the fourth round, and I really would rather just stick with my guns. But anyway, while I was talking about the risk, is I, I wanted to get stacks going, like you see in DFS, and so we had Kelsey, and and I I'm a big Patrick Mahomes guy. I'm in Big 12 territory. I've seen that guy for three years, and that guy is really, really good. And But I really desired to have him as my second quarterback. But when we grabbed Kelsey, I said, wow, i got a stack there, so Kelsey's going to have to be on my board. And then just happened to find uh, Sammy Watkins in the seventh. And, and so there I had a double stack going with Mahomes. And we, uh, he had talked me into making our second quarterback be Trubisky, but we got sniped on him. And I just kind of had this love affair for DJ Moore. I, sh- I just had to have him in the 12th round. Uh, <laughs> I think he should have went in the 10th. I think he should have went in the 10th, and he just I just couldn't believe he kept falling. I said, I've got to grab him. And uh, because of that, I missed on Trubisky, so I couldn't get my stack going with Miller. So then we just decided, well, let's grab him, Eli, because we got a stack with Saquon Barkley. <laughs> So that's just kind of the, the weird thinking in my draft strategy. The one player I really reached on is Burkhead. And one thing that's unique about this is uh, it's hard for me to recognize the, 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 the Joes in here because they don't really use their team names like I see them in best ball. But I know these pros, and I read all their stuff, and I have a lot of respect for them. And Burkhead was coming up in the sixth, and I was really wanting to get him in the seventh. But he, I knew he would not get past Paulson. And Paulson had two <laughs> shots at him. 
before me, so I had to grab him before it got to Paulson. Because uh, actually, I'd rather pair Burkhead with Sony Michelle, but somebody reached for Michelle in the fourth, and so that just didn't work right. out. But anyway, that's, that's just a weird philosophy, you know, whether it works or not. So let me ask you know, I want this. Danny, let me ask you about that. Can I ask you? So you talk about stacking a lot, and you you know you laid a few different examples actually that did work and some that didn't work out for you. You guys have played so many different. You know, you've played many many years, many best balls. So and you've had a lot of success. Do you generally just do this? Is this something you found success in in general that's really helped you win titles? Uh, I've used it before, even in the main event. Uh, one of my best teams is really kind of placed time in the main event. I had a stack of Ben Roethlisberger, Antonio Brown, and Le'Veon Bell, believe it or not, which nice. was awesome, you know. I, I don't – that's yeah. not what I – you know, that's not necessarily what I plan on when I go in there, but in this one, uh, that's that, that's where I thought I might differentiate myself a little bit in this draft by trying to do some stacks. And, nice. And Love the DJ Moore <laughs> Yeah, I, I thought it was great. Yeah. You have the bulky picket with Mahomes back to back with the Dave pick and DJ Moore. Yeah, you know, bulky has Mahomes ahead of Drew Brees, so you know you're in good hands with Mahomes. You're yeah, uh, yeah, I, I would have uh, this hot take bulky time. I wouldn't even have drafted another quarterback. <laughs> Just take the zero on Mahomes bye week. You're fine. It would have been great. Um, you know, I look at, at your team, Danny. We obviously really liked it. Uh, you know, you you get those high volume potential touchdown scores and Henry Freeman and Burkhead. Uh, the one guy, you know, I am looking at, you know, just comparing what, what you put together here as far as your stacks. You didn't get any Buffalo pass catchers to go with your 27th round pick in Josh Allen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. The way I do it the, the quarterbacks, I pick up a late round rookie flyer at the end. And uh, it's between Darnold and Allen. I thought, well, Allen looks like he might be starting. And he he kind of runs the ball some, so he might have he might do something. I really think though, if I lose a quarterback, I'm probably toast anyway. So it's probably not going yeah, to matter I, I, the third well, quarterback that much. You know, and the last thing I'll say about this team, I really, you know, basically from the, I mean, I. I I like Mike Evans, obviously, and, and Watkins I'm not the biggest fan of, but I get it. I'm, I'm starting to warm up to him. And there you have Edelman. The, the receivers after that, I, I really love every single pick. DJ Moore, Anthony Miller, Keelan Cole, Taewon Taylor, Ryan Grant, Kiki QT, Antonio Callaway. I mean, I think these are all potential. Oh, he got QT uh, as well. You got QT, yeah. You got cute with QT in, in, the, uh, in the 25th round, Dave. And uh, him in dynasty leagues on me all over the place. Yeah, well, I just you know I look at this at this roster. I think it can do a lot of damage here. Um, obviously, it will with Patrick. So Duke Mahomes Johnson picked you. That was in the ninth round, wasn't it? Duke Johnson was uh, selected in the eighth round. Eighth round. Um, it's like that's just. I mean, he's a top. No, no, no. You're right. It was ninth. It was ninth. ninth. He was, yeah. I think he was the number fourteen or fifteen running back last year in PPR. Yeah, he was right up there. I mean, yes, yes. Yeah, think about that for a second. Yeah. I mean, it's ridiculous. Danny, the last yeah, thing before well, we let you go. The, yeah, go, go ahead. ahead. The last thing before we let you go, I do want to ask you, and I'll leave this up to you. We, we had Jeremy on. We were interviewing him when you guys were about to make uh, your 10th round pick, and he said on the air, you know, this is a, this is a total Danny pick. I didn't give him any <laughs> feedback. We'll, we'll see what he picks here. Um, it was an auto pick with Naheem <laughs> Hines, which I actually like the selection of Hines. Um, uh, but do you want to share with us – 
the, the issue that, that took place in, in round 10 with that auto pick. True confessions. Okay, well, here's the honest-to-God truth. You know, I'm in the middle of the round. These guys are drafting at a pretty good clip. And usually, you know, we're at the end of the rounds, so I have time to make a bathroom run. And I'm an older fella. And I was, the plan was is I was going to text Jeremy and say, cover me for one round so I can make a bathroom run. And he's on the air with you guys. And I, I held out as long as I could. So I just put the guy and in kept talking. And and Balky kept talking. I made a run, and, and by the time I got back, it just ticked, you know. So. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> and Jeremy texted me, yeah, what, 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 what happened? What happened? <laughs> but, yeah, that was, that, that was a, uh, com- compelling stuff from the ground and pound crew, for sure. So, but the rest of your draft, you were good then. I mean, that, you know, you, you take the auto with oh, the yeah. lines, and then it, it shaped up really well. I was, I was really kind of pleased that we kind of felt a little light with tight ends and that Vance McDonald where our injury got us concerned going into the draft, but we just kept researching it. Uh, so, well, it's, he's in the 13th round. He usually goes in the 10th. You know, what the heck, you know. Yeah, uh, oh, one, one thing about Mike Evans is I really hadn't been that much on him this year, but listening to uh, Evan Silver the other night, he put such a very compelling argument for Evans. I, I said, oh, I need to rethink him. And so mm-hmm. that's kind of wise on him. Yeah, so, you know, Silva has really good analysis. It's very well thought out. It's like the opposite of what we do. We're like, ah, I don't like him. You know, so Silva actually did have a really good point. And I, I, I do like Mike Evans in, in a general sense. I do like him. I, just, I think I like Fitz a little bit better, but that's just me. Well, probably a gun to my head. I'd probably, you know, it's hard for me to take the difference between the two, but I'm a little bit biased as a Cardinal. And Larry Fitzgerald has won me a lot of money. So. Over the years, that's for sure. Fitzgerald's a big money winner. Danny says, you mm-hmm. know, thanks so much for calling in. You are going to, are you going to be, are we hanging out uh-huh. like the Saturday? Are you guys watching college football in Vegas? So we're going to get, well, are we going to get the next rambling thing? Oh, sure. we, we have to figure this out on Saturday night. Well, you're the one that came up with that one. So. <laughs> you were the last game on the board. <laughs> you guys said that and left, and I said, well, let's try Let's give it a shot. Well, so let's see if the mighty rainbows are on the board. <laughs> there, okay. There's going to be there's going to be some good college action, and we're, we'll we'll check it out. We can't wait. Uh, we can't wait to see you guys in Kentucky and then in Vegas, Danny. Thanks so much for calling and breaking down your mm-hmm. draft. Uh, yeah. Best of luck to you in, in pros versus Joes and, and in all your leagues this year, this year especially the main event uh, as well. We'll talk to you again in a few weeks, man. Okay. All right. Bye-bye. Okay. Danny Miller, ladies and gentlemen, one half straight. of ground and pound. Yes, go ahead. So Jeremy and Danny are both coming to Kentucky? Uh, I believe that, that that is correct, yes. Uh, you know what? We should, I probably should have asked him that before we just talked about what? Oh, about coming to Kentucky. I, I, I thought Jerry, you, said, you referenced Jeremy might be coming. Jeremy is for sure. Because Jeremy's from Chicago, Jerry's right. from Oklahoma. Right. They meet in the middle. And we're going to be in southern Indiana. Right. In the whatever casino. The horseshoe. The shoe. I love the shoe. Shoe is great. Let's get back to the uh, live uh, draft action here. At, we, we left off with Amari Cooper in the fourth round. Delaney Walker, the first tight end chosen um, in the, uh, excuse me, by, um, I got the wrong. The, the Amity Hookers. The Amity Hookers, yeah. That's, 
Barons and Jason Zare. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm still thinking about Danny's draft, and, and I'm not focusing here probably. You're thinking about the hookers. Right. Rashad Penny, the third running back chosen by Pro Football Focus, is Scott Barrett, followed by Jay Ajay. He is the second running back chosen by Jason Steves. The third running back uh, selected by Shane Hallam is indeed Lamar Miller, and completing the fourth round is Ronald Jones. Ronald Jones at the 412 tonight to Sky Eilers as his third running back. In the fourth round, I, I don't think there's anything that we need to harp on too much. Um, tight ends are flying off the board. We, we well, talk. One, one thing I was going to say, Allen Robinson went at the 401 in this draft. Last night, he went at the 512, right? 512-601. It was Allen Robinson and, a, and Juju who just went at the 503. That just shows the massive value that the 12th pick got last night, the 512-601, Allen Robinson and Juju. Um, yes, that is, yep, that's correct. Yeah, Robinson, I don't even know why I bother checking. You and, well, and Ludo are all over this. Yeah, it was yesterday. I mean, yeah. God, I, well, I, I, I forget. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I, I don't remember this kind of stuff. Well, I have no life. Do a, a, you know, a ton of these. Uh, kicking off the fifth round, oh, which, by the way, the other thing I want to say, the fact that Hoyt and Dusick uh, grabbed two tight ends early, they're, they're starting to be drafted a little bit uh, more aggressively now uh, since that team loaded up with two. And spoiler alert, in the fifth round, they weren't the only ones to draft two tight ends early. 501 is Deion Lewis to Sky Eilers in his first five picks tonight. Four running backs and one tight end. Deion Lewis is his four. Kyle Rudolph is the number one tight end for Shane Hallam. Juju Smith-Schuster tonight off the board at the 503 to Jason Steves. Demarius Thomas, the number two receiver for Scott Barrett there at the 504. Evan Engram. Uh, is the selection for the Amity Hookers. That's Mark Barons and Jason Dare. They go with Evan Ingram at the 505 tonight, and that is uh, their second consecutive tight end drafted as they went with Delaney Walker at the 408. Golden Tate at the 506, followed by Sony Michelle to Glenn Lowy. Tate to Pianowski, Michelle to Lowy. Jordan Reed, the number one tight end for Michael Nazarek, there in the fifth round at the 508. 509 is Brandon Cooks, the third receiver drafted by Mike Dente and Adam Angelillo. And then uh, trio of running backs, complete round five. Marshawn Lynch to Matt Schauf, Royce Freeman to Hoyt and Dusick, and then you have Rex Burkhead off the board at the 512 to Josh Moore. Anything you'd like to say in the fifth round here, Dave, is uh, I know you commented on Juju Smith-Schuster already. Anything else that's sticking out to you? Um, And if... If not, no, that's okay. I mean, by the way, when was Amari Cooper's average draft spot? Scott Pianowski, you got him at the, uh, what, 406? I thought that was a little bit of a deal. Uh, it was a little bit of a deal. As his ADP is 403. Nice job. Yeah, 403 is where he normally goes. All right. Yeah, I mean, you know, fifth round, it was fine. I think these guys are they're being pretty friendly on the tight ends. In fact, I think this is probably the least tight endy, if that's a word. Draft. It is now. It's the least tight endy draft of all. Yeah. This is like, they're, letting, you know, they're letting them fall. They are letting them fall. Uh, we will uh, let the draft analysis take a, a bit of a pause here as we are through five rounds here in the HSFF hour. Let's go back to the phone lines. And I'm going to go to the 763 here. You are on the air on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour with Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. Uh, who are we speaking with? Uh, this is Sean. Sean, thanks for calling in, man. A- a- any uh, any comment on the on the live draft that you're seeing tonight? Uh, let me see here. Uh, no, uh, yeah, everything uh, looks pretty solid everywhere. Everybody's drafting that. I guess uh, my comment was, um, what do you guys think about the Chargers and uh, and uh, with uh, the addition of picking up Mike Pouncey 
Do you uh, think that uh, that how good do you think uh, Melvin Gordon is going to do this year? You know, it's interesting you say that because I did make an off-season trade, which Dave said I got the uh, in Dynasty, which Dave said I got the short end of the stick on with uh, with with Melvin Gordon. So I'm obviously a little bit probably more bullish on what Dave's uh, thoughts are on Melvin Gordon. I don't have a problem with him at the end of the first round. I, I you know, there's probably a few guys I like better there. I uh, had the opportunity to draft uh, either Melvin Gordon or Dalvin Cook uh, in a recent draft, and I actually went with Cook instead. So, uh, and, you know, I think the, the thing is with, with Gordon, I, I kind of like Austin Eckler um, carving out a, a role on, the, uh, on third downs there. So I, I question if Gordon is going to hit uh, enough receptions to make him viable in the first round. So certainly if you wanted to take him there, uh, I have no problem with it. I don't think it's a bad pick. I would probably um, find somebody else I like a little bit better. Dave, your thoughts on Gordon in 2018? My concern with Gordon was always his little yards per carry. And now, like, I always look on the Chargers because of their, everyone always gets hurt on the Chargers. So I'm concerned that everyone's going to keep getting hurt, that they, their trainers should all be fired. <laughs> and so I, I'm, 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 I don't know. I'm not, Gordon could be okay. I just, I, he's not the type of guy I would probably take versus, like, McCaffrey or Cook or Kareem Hunt. And those players all get drafted in that same general area. And it's not that I dislike him. I he, think he's fine. Leonard Fournette or Melvin Gordon? you have an opinion there? I would take Fournette, but he's better offensive line. Okay. Uh, Sean, FFPC drafters are, are selecting Dalvin Cook, uh, or excuse me, Dalvin Cook, are selecting Mel- Melvin Gordon at the 110, so certainly they are of the belief uh, that he is going to have a big season as well. All right. Thanks a lot for your help. Thank you, Sean, for calling in. Appreciate it. Always like hearing from uh, listeners during the draft, and, and we don't necessarily have to talk about the draft that's going on. God God knows we've dissected, we've done five of these already. We're on our sixth. There, there's been a lot of angles already discussed on this show. So it's always, I mean, we talk about other crap all the time, too, like we really or car maintenance or who yeah. knows what. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it, it, we're all over the place. Uh, let's get back into uh, the place of the sixth round here. As uh, We completed Rex Burkhead as the 5-12. Marvin Jones is the 6-0-1 tonight to Josh Moore from 4 for 4 uh, quarterbacks again start coming off the board tonight in the sixth round. I think they were doing that earlier uh, in, in the first week of pros versus Joe's. They actually uh, went a little bit um, uh, earlier this week. Uh, Aaron Rodgers at the 602. Corey Davis at the 603 to match out as his number two receiver. The first tight end drafted by Mike Dente and Adam Angelillo is Trey Burton here tonight at the 604. Deshaun Watson to Michael Nazarick, followed by Jack Doyle as the number one tight end drafted by Glenn Lowy. Trio of receivers right after that, Chris Hogan uh, to Scott Pianowski, Julian Edelman to the Amity Hookers, that's Mark Barons and Jason Dare, and then you have Josh Gordon off the board uh, at the 6.09 tonight. Dave, of Six those, round. Yeah, sixth round. Of those three receivers, yeah, I love how I put you on the spot with this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Who do you like best, Gordon, Edelman, or Hogan as a six-round selection? Oh, man, that's kind of tough, really. Um... Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You know what? I'm going to take Gordon. Give me Gordon. You know, I'll tell you, I'll tell you why. Hogan, you don't know what his role is because of Edelman. Edelman, you don't know what his role is because he's out for four weeks. And then you still have Grogsville, who's definitely the number one. And then, you know, the Patriots, like, they, they don't have, like, 100-yard, or they don't have 100-catch guys anymore. I don't think Edelman is a 90-catch, even over a 16-week season prorated for the 12-week season. I just don't think he's that anymore. He's too old. I'll take the risk with Gordon, and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm totally wrong. I said yesterday on these airwaves how I had the decision in a slow draft I was in between Alshon Jeffrey and Josh Gordon, and I chose Jeffrey. You made the snap decision. Oh, yeah, it's Jeffrey for sure. 
Yes, I would take Jeffrey over Gordon. Came back around to me today. Josh Gordon was still out there. Yeah. So I ended up, I'm like, I, I, at this point I have to take him. And it was the 801. And obviously it's good value. He's my number three receiver. I felt okay about it. You know, you, you feel like a guy who, who, by the way, is ADP and FFPC best ball uh, is the 410. So, I mean, he's been a fourth round pick. I, I, I should feel a lot better about that pick than I do. And, I, and I'm still nervous about it, even in the eighth round. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's weird how that, uh, that draft value is working out with Josh Gordon. He's still all over the place. In fact, if you look at... Well, Jeffrey went, a whole route, went right after the same player as Gordon right. in the same draft. Go ahead. Jo- Josh Gordon has been going as early as the 302 in FFPC best balls. Again, this is over the last three weeks. As early as the 302, as late as the 710. So, I mean, you're, you're talking about a wide range of, uh, of value for, uh, for Josh Gordon. But since he didn't report to camp, he, we said he was to drop a couple of rounds. And he has dropped a couple of rounds. He's gone from the fourth to the sixth, from what we're seeing. In, our, in this super small sample size of three other drafts. What about this? Let me pose this to you. He reports to camp. Okay? Yeah. Preseason week two, he catches a touchdown. Preseason week three, he goes for like 90 yards. Sure. Ascendant 2018? Yeah, he's Gordon? had a shot. Actually, yeah. yeah he is a, is you know, he, he young enough? Does he pass the age restriction? Yeah, I don't care. <laughs> but, I mean, you know, he, part of the part one thing is, um, you know, you're hearing, you know, various great players are saying this. He doesn't want to be on hard knocks. I think Shane Hallis said that. Uh, drafters, are you talking about? Yeah. Okay. He doesn't want to be on hard knocks. He doesn't want to deal with all the crap. Yeah. It's not a bad strategy overall. Why would you want to have all these cameras around you all the time right. if you're a you know, former meth head or whatever he was doing? Does he, Actually, did, I think he just smoked pop uh, did, did he have any sort of like, you know, mental health, social anxiety issues with Gordon? I don't know. You know, I don't really know. Because that would make a lot. Of, that would make. I mean, that, you know, HIPAA laws prevent me from researching that appropriately. <laughs> you know, it's funny that that that's how you've been blocked <laughs> as far as like, you know, well, I research the health of of all these players to the hilt until HIPAA blocks me from finding out anymore. I, I hired a Thomas Magnum was his name, and he uh, he went for it, but didn't quite get get uh, what I needed. Uh, Shane Hound says that he does have massive anxiety. So that, I mean, again, that, that makes a lot of sense. Hey, who doesn't, buddy? Yeah, well, maybe not for the level of Actually, Josh Gordon. We, we certainly wish him the best. I'm pretty anxious. Let's wish this caller the best. It's uh, the 412 on the airwaves. Caller, go ahead. You're on the air with David Shane Baldwin. had to call it out with Chad, for God's sake. Hey, this is uh, Shane Allen. I don't want to talk about the draft. I'd rather talk about the Jets, if that's okay. You guys have had the best callers through the pros versus Joe's this year. This has been <laughs> phenomenal. <laughs> Let's talk about the Jets' offensive line. Wait, is, this, is this Shane P. Helm? Because, I mean, there's other Shane Helms out there. I want the middle of this little cool one. Shane, Shane P. Helm, of course. There's no, no substitute. Oh, for thank you. Oh, thank you very much. Yeah, I, I didn't know. And you are right with the calls we're getting for PBJ this year. It's been uh, pretty uh, – a wide variety of subjects have been broached on this show, which uh, I appreciate. Uh, Shane, you are – doing, I guess, what is it, triple duty, drafting, and uh, participating in two different chats tonight. Uh, you're been, you've been all over the place. Despite all those distractions, how has your draft, uh, what, what are your opinions on it here as we enter into uh, round nine? Uh, I, I think it's gone pretty well. I, I, definitely my first, you know, couple, I've gotten sniped a couple times, uh, picked before. I didn't, really did not want Lamar Miller at the 411, I wanted Jay Ajayi. He went one pick before me to the Canadian Beavers. So um, that was a little disappointing. But uh, for the most part, I've, I've stuck to my plan. I think I've gotten a good balance of risk versus reward, and, and I'm pretty happy with it. 
How integral was Darius Geis at the 211 in, in your plan? Because I think that's been the pick of the night so far. We, we've seen a wide variety of where he's been going. Talk a little bit about what went into Geis at the 211 for you tonight. Yeah, I, I think Dave kind of nailed it um, when he kind of gave his analysis of that. You know, I, I was really kind of planning Geis for the 302 when I saw um, the Sky who called in yesterday at the number one. Already have two running backs. Um, you know, I, and have a tight end. I figured, mm, I, I think, I think I can get one of my receivers at that 302. I like T.Y. Hilton. I like Doug Baldwin. The knee scared me a little bit, so I took guys the 211. I kind of had him slotted at, at the 302, and that's kind of my upside swing. I think David Johnson is, is the best running back in the NFL, and uh, to, to me, that's a pretty safe pick. Uh, wrist injury, whatever. Um, I think Darius Geis with the news today, Chris Thompson's leg might not be uh, ready till November. He might not be 100%. And I look at that team, who else do they have? Samaje Ryan, he can't catch the ball to save his life. Uh, Rob Kelly looks like, uh, I don't know, the refrigerator Perry at running back. So uh, I think ultimately <laughs> Darius Geis, even though he doesn't have a pedigree in college of catching the ball, he was good, you know, kind of like Melvin Gordon was. He never caught the ball at Wisconsin. You guys would know that. Uh, and, and, but he was a good pass catcher. They just didn't use him in that way. I think LSU did the same thing with guys. They had the, the, the worst quarterback I've ever seen drafted in my life the Patriots took this year. So uh, I, I think Geis is, is going to be able to catch some passes and, I think these rookies are, are what can make the win. Uh, I, the pros versus Joes, I'm always middle of the pack. Every year I, I play way too conservative, and I end up just in the, in the middle, six years in a row. So this year I figure I'm going to swing for the fences with a couple of these rookies uh, since that's kind of what I do. Good for you, man. I always like it when uh, people are drafting to win. That's, that's, uh, that's always great. Uh, and speaking of great, I, I like a lot of these picks that you made after um, you know, the, the Hilton and Miller picks. Kyle Rudolph in the fifth, I like that. Michael Crabtree, of course, he was in the news today talking about how many targets he's been getting, especially in the red zone in Baltimore training camp. Carryon Johnson, a guy who's been rising up boards, uh, certainly you get him in the seventh round. Talk a little bit about that Robbie Anderson selection in the, uh, at the end of the eighth round and, and sort of what your expectations are for him in, uh, in New York this year. I... I... I don't know what to expect with, with the Jets and their passing game. I mean, last year in the pros versus Joes, I, I, I drafted Quincy Inunua fairly early. Uh, ten hours later, he was out for the season. So that's probably not a good omen for Robbie <laughs> Anderson, I guess, uh, for me drafting him. But I, I really liked his talent last year. And I think whether you have Josh McCown, whether you have who I think is the best quarterback, the three and Teddy Bridgewater throwing the ball, I think Anderson's still going to be that number one target. I think they're going to pass a lot. I don't really – love any of their running backs. So um, as a wide receiver three to get the top wide receiver on a team, uh, to me that that's a win. And, and there's a pretty big upside there for him. Yeah. in the uh, chat room, uh, obviously split on their opinions in, um, in on Robbie Anderson, wasp guy chiming in saying he's undervalued. And then uh, Aunt Jemima says, expect two arrests from, uh, from Anderson. <laughs> Does not want to, he says, but not inviting him over. Yeah. He's, he's not, not, type of guy you want to you want to have a conversation uh, over a latte with but, but uh you know whatever that's cool uh andrew luck you're back on board he's going to be the man this year as you as you make him uh, your 902 selection yeah i'm in i really didn't think that uh, the quarterbacks that they they aren't flying off the board at all so um i didn't expect luck or wentz or any either of those guys to be there and the ninth i i felt like i have three four running backs three receivers 
There's not another receiver I liked. I think if Marquise Goodwin would have fallen another pick, I probably would have taken him at the 902. Um, just that, you know, the reports out of camp and his speed is phenomenal. I saw him down at the senior bowl, I interviewed him, um, when he was down there. I mean, his speed was phenomenal then and continues to be, but, um, to, to me, I felt like, eh, I, I can take Andrew Luck, you know, if, if he is back, if he's the Andrew Luck of older, even 90% of it, um, I, I stacking him and T Y Hilton, uh, that, that could be a potential win in the pros versus Joe's. And I think that's, that's a risk worth taking in the ninth round to possibly get an elite quarterback. You know, if he, if he didn't have this injury, if he would have played last year, even if he wouldn't have been that good, I think he would have went before this 902 pick. So it's a little gamble on the health. I think quarterback super deep. And, and I think uh, I'll, I'll get some other guys to back him up and, and kind of hedge my bet a little bit. Good old. I was down with that pick because I mean it's like like you said you take luck and there's still a couple quarterbacks that'll be fine after. Wait, you're down with that pick? I'm down with it. I'm okay with it. Wow. Okay. This is this is breaking news. Well, I mean it's, it's a best ball format. It's like you can the okay. quarterbacks are pretty reasonable. All right, that's fine. Uh, swinging for the fences, Shane Hallam joining us uh, on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour tonight. Uh, of course, uh, everybody follows you on Twitter. Well, not everybody, but uh, a lot of people follow you on Twitter at Shane P Hallam. Uh, of course. Uh, You cover fantasy football, the NFL draft, college football, as well as dynasty formats and Debbie formats uh, for the fake pigskin, uh, fakepigskin.com. Do you have anything you want to promote, anything that's coming down the pike uh, for you there? Yeah, I just just released uh, my off-the-radar Debbie picks at each position. That's up on fake pigskin. Uh, I have a, a podcast appearance that I'm dropping tomorrow with a uh, Debbie mock draft. So, you know, hey, if the FFP ever wants to start Debbie League, Dave, wink, wink, uh, you know, you, you need someone to coordinate that. I'd be happy to do it, man. I, it's, it's the wave of the future. So, uh, Debbie League, start drafting those those seniors in high school right now. Oh, my God. You, yeah. know, you know, in order for us to you know, give you a little peek behind the curtain, the Wizard of Oz crap. Or a big peek. You know, for us, to, when we start all these drafts early, I have to go on, like, CBS Sportsline. This is for just for the rookies coming in. Like, go on Sportsline and, like, Walter Football. Which, Walter, if you've read on their website, that thing loads, like, total shit. It's, like, the worst website. It's from, like, Ant Sports 2004. We will never and have like, anybody from Walter Football. You're trying to ranking. Yeah. Yeah, it's the worst. So you're yeah. trying to, you know, like, figure out, like, this guy's going around two to three or six to seven. You're trying to know kickers that are getting drafted. So you put together, like, 150 guys, and you send them to our software people. And say, all right, load these guys in there, and just we'll see what happens. Right. Know? And so it usually works, and there's a couple players that get, you know, that get picked. So they go to Devi's. I mean, you know, Devi. Devi. Pronounce Devi. Whatever. You know, it's, it's like you hit their, like, 17, 18 years old, yeah. you know, their pimples still on their face. Right. And try and put them into our database. I'm not sure we're going to get there, but who knows? Well, if we do, Shane will be, uh, <laughs> we'll be heading that up. I'll, I'll gladly make the list. You know, the there you go. I have a list of 1,200 <laughs> players right now, Dave. I'm, I'm ready Holy to ask your beck and call. I can help. Hey, you know what? Hey, Shane, have you ever loaded our draft room before? <laughs> you know how it just sits there for like a couple seconds and it's really annoying? Add 1,200 <laughs> players to it. It's, it's 20 <laughs> seconds. All right, you great. Guys, actually, great. It's, not the, it's not the worst idea in the world. No, we don't not. want the, we, we'd want like the first hundred. Yeah. Maybe. We'd be all right. We'll, we'll figure not, it out. If that's totally out of the realm of possibilities, we should talk actually. Yes, we'll this, talk. Is, this is something to be fleshed out uh, off the air. Something that cannot <laughs> be talked about off the air. And, and Shane, this is the last question I, I have for you before we let you get back into the draft here. Uh, Aunt Jemima says, I'm supposed to, or we're supposed to ask you about your thespian accolades uh, before we let you go tonight. 
So I'm actually I'm a high school teacher and I actually direct the musicals at the high school that I teach at. So I'm going into my ninth year doing that. And um, he's he's talking about so when the the Tony Awards were on this year, they had a little promotion of like tweet out a picture of you in uh, in high school in your high school production. So I tweeted the worst picture I could find my sophomore year of high school. I played Golem. <laughs> In The Hobbit, which was before any of the movies ever came out, I was actually in blackface, which is not something anyone should do. And um, so, my, of course, uh, of course, my Dynasty League mates found that picture on Twitter, and uh, that has been plastered all over our group me. So, uh, John is, is, is very excited, I'm sure, about that. <laughs> well, Shane, you're always our precious, uh, for sure, in the pros versus Joes. Uh, certainly uh, always good to talk to you and, and follow your draft and, and of course, uh, follow all your work at Fake Pigskin and, and follow you on Twitter at Shane P. Helen. Thanks so much for coming on the show tonight. Really appreciate it, man. And uh, good luck uh, in all your leagues this year, dude. No, thanks. Thanks to you guys. This is my favorite event of the year because of these podcasts. I know it's a lot of work. Big thanks to Darren Armani for putting this together. Like the, the three of you just rock this out. So I want to say thank you for everything you do for this team. Well, thank you, Shane. Yeah, we, we definitely appreciate that. And, I would uh, like to note that Alex does literally nothing. For <laughs> we don't need so to. He's yeah. like, oh, you know, these pro, this pro is pretty good. You know, this guy's cool. And He's got a lot of Twitter followers. That's all Alex does. I have like to nothing. remove all pots from the studio <laughs> when we broadcast, so you cannot stir anything when we're on the air. It is, it's, it's getting out of hand. Alex doesn't do anything for this. Shane, break a leg the rest of the way uh, in your draft. Uh, we certainly wish you the best. That was Shane Hallam, ladies and gentlemen, from uh, Fake Pigskin. We left off as far as the live draft analysis. No, Chris doesn't do anything for this either, by the way. Um, what? I don't understand why you continue to throw Mike. Every, compli- you know, Mike, who's their compliance officer. Yes, he doesn't help with because it. he's the compliance officer. He shouldn't be. I mean, we, I mean, this, these drafts are compliant. Mike is up we to his neck in paperwork to try to be legal in all these states. I don't want him. There's no cost, Mike, to these drafts. Anyway, where do we leave? Hey, off? Don't worry about it. Mike. Don't worry about it. We we left off, I think, in. Um, Oh, I know where we left off with the Josh Gordon pick. So to complete the sixth round, it was Tariq Cohen to Jason Steves. It was Michael Crabtree to Shane Hallam, and then George Kittle, the second tight end drafted by Yosemite Sam Bradford. No receivers through sixth round uh, for Sky Eilers from the one position. That is something we have not seen. Um, we saw the zero WR done with five rounds, not six rounds. Uh, he does fix that with Jarvis Landry as his choice at the 701. Uh, on Johnson to Shane Hallam at the 702. Russell Wilson is indeed the third quarterback off the board tonight to Jason Stevens at the 703. Alshon Jeffrey, the number four receiver drafted by Scott Barrett, followed by Sammy Watkins, the third receiver selected by uh, Mark Barrons and Jason Derrick. Uh, four straight running backs go right after that. It is C.J. Anderson to Scott Pianowski as his number three. It is Tevin Coleman to Glenn Lowy as his number four. It is Duke Johnson to Michael Nazarick as his number three. And then Jamal Williams, the third running back selected by Dente and Angelillo. Hey, Bulky, why don't you tell me who your favorite running back is out of those four? Uh, that's a good question. And uh, certainly, I'm going to do a Bulky to you. If you listen to the show, a lot of people would say, oh, Bulky loves C.J. Anderson this year. He almost made that wager with Dave on the show, and I didn't. Um, I, I, to me, it, it's clear. It's Duke Johnson out of those four. He's, he's definitely by, you know, despite Nick Chubb and Carlos Hyde in that backfield, I don't think Duke Johnson's role gets changed all that much. He is my favorite out of those four. Do you agree? Yeah, me too. To be honest with you, actually, I do agree. Okay, fair enough. Nice job, Mike. 
Cam Newton to Matt Schauff uh, right after that. Cam Newton is the uh, first quarterback selected by Schauff uh, all the way in the seventh round. Nice value there. Jamison Crowder, the second receiver drafted by Hoyt Dusick, and then uh, his real-life teammate Chris Thompson uh, to Josh Moore. You you know, I I did not – I know people have been alluding to it in the chat room, Dave, and maybe you could bring it up uh, as far as um, some news on Chris Thompson and and his uh, potential um, slow start to the season, his potential leg injury. That uh, or, or leg issue that he's having. A lot of people seem to be scared by it. Do you have any news uh, or that, that you can share with us uh, as far as Chris Thompson goes? Yes, yeah, honestly, I really don't. I haven't been paying a whole lot of attention to Chris Thompson. But, but because, I mean... If you, if you look at Geis moving up, that's, not a, that's a good sign. Yeah, it's I, a very I, good sign for Geis. Yeah, I, 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 you know, Shane makes some good points. And I, when you look at Darius Geis as, like, size and speed, he's not this, you know... 245-pound Derrick Henry size type back, he looks like a player who could actually learn to catch the ball. So it's like, I don't, I don't, I, I, I get what he's saying in, in that guys is, is if he's a Pro Bowl caliber running back, right? I mean, how the hell hard is it to you know teach a guy to run a route and then catch it? It's, not, it's really not that hard. I don't know. It's been pretty difficult for Eric Ebron. So that's he's just never been good at. It. You know what? If you are born with stone hands, it's very difficult to grow human hands in, in place of those or learn to catch with, with cinder blocks. I mean, Thompson is a, you know, is a third on back. Well, I, they obviously love guys, so we'll, we'll see. Do you have, I, I would not be drafting Chris Thompson myself. I want him in one dynasty league. I, don't really, I, I mean, if I get anything, I don't want to be happy with You know, it's funny. Is that in a draft today, I was deciding I was going to go with a running back, and I was deciding between him and Marlon Mack, and I went with Marlon Mack. Yeah, of course. That makes sense. Um, so, um, okay, anyway, moving on. So that was on. in a dynasty league? No, was it was not in Dynasty oh, League. Wow. Um, what do you mean, wow? No, I mean, wow, you're doing all sorts of stuff. You, you know, you're working, you're drafting oh, yeah. all these leagues. Well, I mean, it is a slow draft, so it's not like, you oh, know, okay. it, it doesn't take that much time to make a couple that of football clicks. guys, like, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, you'll be able to read my work on that at footballguys.com. <laughs> uh, I mean, you know, I'm actually happy I didn't make, I, like, they asked me and I said yes, and then they didn't get back to me, so this is great. Maybe the, that league they just haven't filled yet. No, but it was supposed to start around. I think, oh, I think maybe okay. it's filled, and then they let me be bounced. You, it was great. Yeah, you. This was like getting called for jury duty, and they, you know they, they. By the way, when they do jury duty, they always call thirteen people. This happened to me once. Okay. So this it was kind of annoying because then you have to listen to the whole stupid case. Right? right. And then they tell you which one is the person that's the alternate and gets to bail because uh-huh. no one else like went crazy during the, the during that day, uh-huh. and I was the alternate. Yeah. So I listened to this whole stupid case about somebody hitting a bird or dog or whatever car crash crap. And then I was the alternate, so I just left. I have two stories to share about jury duty. <laughs> yeah. I have been called to jury duty. That's right. You did get called one Hold year. on. Hold on. Yeah. Let, let me finish. Go ahead. Not once. Not twice. Not even three times. Not four times, but five times. I am 38 years old. I've been called to jury duty five times. I have, have you ever served? I have never served. And you are a piece of shit. Now, here's the thing. Um... <laughs> Sorry, Three of those times happened when I was in school. And in college? Yeah, in college. In college? In college. And I wrote the judge a letter all three times saying, like, I'm working full-time. I'm going to school full-time. I really can't. You know, right. I, I yeah. would add, and I was excused. The, uh, the fifth time was when, w- was when I was going to be in Las Vegas yeah. for the FFPC. Right. And I wrote a letter explaining, which, which that one was like a serious, like, murder trial, I guess, that was going on. That would, I would, that'd be cool to do Yeah, I found out about it after the fact. Yeah. Wow. The only time I went was the very first time I got called. I was 19 years old. Mm-hmm. Went there. Um, got in there. 
Um, they, they're briefing us, giving us everything that's going on. I am not, this next part is going to sound like I'm making it up. And you, hate, and you said, I hate white no, people. I'm not making this up. That's what you got to say. I, I, hate, I, I, I hate all races. Can I select the story? Just <laughs> let me tell it. Um, My jokes are funny, though, so don't worry about it. Everything was going smoothly until the judge asked the prosecutor to um, share some info or something. The prosecutor sheepishly stood up. Apparently, there was some evidence that they needed to proceed with the trial that was locked up in an evidence room. Okay? Yeah. The only person who had a key to said room was on vacation in Arizona and would be there for the next two weeks. <laughs> this is an Appleton? This is an Appleton. Oh, my God. Rather than have somebody with a copy of this key or have right. them mail the key or do, you know, FedEx it or something, right. they postponed the trial, reselected the jury uh, a month or two later, and they let us all go on a half-day pay. That's hilarious. So you got paid a half day for sitting up. And I was there for like maybe 20, 25 minutes. Oh, bureaucracy. Yeah. So great. Uh, unbelievable. So that, that's about jury duty stories. Thank God this is the last one because we are grasping at no, stuff. Yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of interesting because everybody has their own stories to it. You know, I would, actually, I would have no problem serving actually right. You know, I'm giving blood tomorrow, so I'm doing my, my work. I don't know if that's I'm civic saving, duty. I'm saving lives tomorrow, damn it. Yeah, I guess. It's good stuff. Apparently you are. I have O negative. That's the universal blood donor, by the way. Getting back to... Uh, Everyone loves my blood, Balky. I don't even... You know, it's weird. I don't even know my blood type. Well, when you get in a motorcycle accident, people are going to ask. I, I don't ride motorcycles, well, so I should be good, can. right? You can't get into a motorcycle accident if you don't ride one. Well, you'll probably be safer. I went on a go-kart tonight with my kid, and my wife said to me, She's like, have you ever been uh, on a go-kart with, with Lucas, uh, my son? A- have you ever been on a go-kart with him before? I turned and said, like, honey, I don't know if I've been on a go-kart before. <laughs> I honestly, honest to God, I don't remember being on a go-kart. It was pretty fun. It was all right. It it's was like a smaller fun. Mini Cooper. Uh, yeah, kind of. I was super low to the ground on my knees. I'm not a tall man, but my knees, I felt like they were like three feet uh, above my head. I was so cramped in that thing. 801 tonight as Randall Cobb. Uh, he goes to, uh, to Josh Moore from 4 com. 802 is Emmanuel Sanders, followed by a couple of tight ends. Kyler Eifert to Matt Schell, David Njoku to uh, Mike Dente and Adam Angelillo. Those are the second tight ends drafted by both those squads. Trio receivers after that, it's Will Fuller to Michael Nazareth. It's Devin Funches to Glenn Lowy. It's Cooper Cup to Scott Pianowski as his uh, number five selected receiver. Marlon Mack off the board. To the Amity Hookers, uh, Mark Barons, Jason Dare, FFPC, Joe's there. Uh, Pierre Garçon is the number five receiver drafted by Scott Barrett, followed by Tom Brady. Jason Steves goes back-to-back quarterbacks, Russell Wilson and Tom Brady in the seventh and eighth round. We know uh, Robbie Anderson went to Shane Hallam, and then Robert Woods completes the round as the number two receiver drafted by Sky Eilers there tonight. Uh, and that completes the eighth round of action. We'll get back into it, but I want to get to the uh, 403 and, uh, and uh, take this call right now. You are on the air with the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour crew. To whom are, with, uh, to whom are we speaking? Hey, Eric. It's Jason Steves phoning in. How's Jason it going? Steves, the Canadian. Yeah, it's going good. Canadian Beavers selecting from the three spot tonight. Uh, you have had uh, an interesting draft. Is this, has this been going according to plan, Jason? Somewhat. Someone. I mean, uh, I probably jumped a little too early on Brady, maybe, with the QBs falling. But, no, it looks pretty good. Yeah, you had to. I mean, if I were you, I would I like seeing Le'Veon Bell uh, there at, at the 103. Certainly uh, that, that uh, would have made me feel like I 
Okay, this is going to be a good draft. A.J. Green at the 303. Had to love that pick, too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, Bell fell falling to me. It, uh, I was going to end up going Elliot like I told you earlier. But, uh, yeah, Bell falling to me makes it uh, definitely easy that I could wait on the running backs a couple more rounds and grab the two uh, Adams and Green wide receivers there to start my draft. Yeah, I mean, that, that's a strong three picks to, to start off your draft. You get a Jai as your number two running back. He should be a high-volume guy this year. Talk a little bit about your expectations with Juju Smith-Schuster because we got to believe that Le'Veon Bell is going to be a big part of what Pittsburgh does this year. You know Antonio Brown is going to get a lot of targets. Uh, can, can Smith-Schuster end up being like a potential top-20 guy uh, behind those guys in that offense this year? Yeah, I mean, it, I, I, yeah, honestly, I mean, Antonio Brown is double covered all the time, right? Uh, there's going to be games where Juju breaks out. I mean, uh, some sometimes it might be a hit and miss, but uh, in best ball, I think uh, he only has so much upside. Long, so, go ahead. Let me ask you a question. Yeah. So you've only taken three wide receivers so far. This comes from the chat room. So, uh, you know, yep. that's around 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11. Are you thinking there's a lot of sleeper wideouts that you still have left that are uh, up your sleeves, so to speak? Yeah, I think there's still quite a few left. I mean, I didn't. I would have liked to grab one more wide receiver to get four, but uh, I needed tight ends, so I had to. I had to go back to back tight ends at the last couple picks here. You know, you look at it, Jason, and I, and I kind of alluded to this earlier in the, in the show. I, I thought the fact that uh, Scott Hoyt and Steve Dusick, when they took those two tight ends early, when they had Gronk and Graham both on their team early in the fourth round. I thought it might start a, like sort of a, a domino effect of, of people scooping up tight end. You ignored that, though, and, and, and you waited until round nine to, to grab a tight end. You get Howard and, and Ebron back-to-back there. Um, what, was it an easy decision to, to sort of ignore tight end and, and, and fill your roster up with guys like Ajay, Smith-Schuster, Tariq Cohen, uh, or were you considering any tight ends uh, in those spots? Uh, I mean, I did consider a few. There was, I mean, I I didn't want to pass up Juju, and I I felt like I had to grab, like I thought about Kittle, but I thought I had to get a third running back with Cohen there. And that's, I mean, then my idea was, you know, wait, wait, there'll be a few guys falling, and then just, you know, you can hammer out tight ends. Technically, I mean, they don't have to be even your flex. They can just be one position. So I just need one good tight end a week and if I get three or four of them then uh, I should be able to fill that position the uh, go ahead Dave well I, I thought you're right uh, it was interesting when you went with Russell Wilson and then at the uh, late eighth round you took Tom Brady and I'm guessing because you're an astute player that you noticed that teams one and two did not have quarterbacks at that point is that what you were thinking what, by That's... taking Brady there yeah exactly I honestly thought both would wrap around but they didn't um, so that's the reason I took Brady first. Yeah. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense because they both. They, one of them had two tight ends. One of them had one tight end. So you're like, you didn't have, you didn't have a, you didn't have a tight end yet. So it's like, well, why wouldn't, why didn't you take a tight end? But it makes total sense. You take the quarterback, and then uh, you know Shane took luck, but then you can get Howard. That, that totally made sense. Then you get the quarterback yeah, that pick to uh, to back to back up Jay Ajayi too. Um, as far as, uh, you know, locking up that Philly ground game, I think you're doing a, a smart job. Jason, did you, I, I don't even know if you paid attention to or, or followed the previous pros versus Joe's draft boards uh, at all, uh, but I know you've done some DEs uh, or some best balls, excuse me. 
uh, with the FFPC. As you look at this draft board, is there anything that has stood out to you as like, wow, I didn't see that coming, or, or um, you know, that this is something that um, that I certainly didn't expect to see tonight? Uh, yeah, just I mean, I, I I honestly expected after I took Brady that the uh, the QBs would go. They some of them did last a couple more rounds, so that was uh, the one big surprise for sure that uh, stood out. And and honestly, uh, you know, yeah, wide receivers falling. I mean, uh, there were some some good later picks. You know, like Elshon Jeffrey fell forever. I I was tempted. Um, there's no doubt about that. But I had my big three, so I thought I'd go Russell Wilson, but. Uh, yeah, the, the three receivers and, and those top two running backs, uh, really top three running backs, are, are going to be the backbone of this team. And, and um, you know, obviously the quarterbacks, too. Uh, getting Wilson and Brady, it's going uh, to be tough for people to replicate that kind of fantasy goodness that you're going to get from the quarterback position. Jason, I'm going to let you get back to it. Thanks so much for chiming okay, in with thanks. us tonight. Uh, good, good luck in pros no versus problem. Joes. Good luck in the main event and all your leagues this year as me, well, man. Before you hang up, Jason, yeah. what else are you doing? Are you doing um... – you sometimes do some of the kind of the weirder drafts. Are you doing like the bare knuckles or uh, off the grid or anything live in Vegas? Yeah, I'm not signed up. I missed the bare knuckles that filled up. Uh, yeah, it was too bad. Uh, I'm going to do some Terminators and stuff like that, but unfortunately I missed out. I think off the grid filled up too, so I kind of missed out on that one. But oh well. Nah, maybe, maybe next That's okay. Yeah, yeah exactly. Maybe next year, okay. indeed. When, you, when you're celebrating winning the FFPC main event. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Jason, exactly. be good, man. We'll talk to you again soon. Okay. Okay. Sounds good. Thanks. We'll see you later. Bye. Thanks. Jason Steves, uh, Canadian Beavers. Joining. Uh, by the way, former co-host of the show, filled in for you one week. That's great. And uh, by the way, awesome. we're good. We're good buddies in Vegas. By the way, on the short list to replace you. Hey, cool, man. And you know the other thing? The short list? It's becoming the long list. <laughs> There's, there's That's all the weeks I've missed. People are fiending to like re- hashtag replace the dizzle. You know, I, I wouldn't mind just, you know, just hanging out and listening to you host the show and someone else being on it. I'm just sitting here watching, you know, Goodfellas or Shawshank Redemption or whatever's on AMC. I'm telling you right now, there's no way you would do that. What? If we were in the studio and you came to the studio and I was here and I was doing the show and... But I, have the audio. Doesn't even, it doesn't even have to be Goodfellas. It could be any in, random... Tele- you are not listening to, to me do the show. I'll tell you that right now. I'm not enjoying it. I'll tell you that nah. right now. <laughs> Whatever. You do a very nice job. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Mostly on the slowdown. It's uh, it's always good to uh, to get a bone tossed my way every now and then. So thank you so much, yeah, Dizzle. Record that exactly. Ninth round. We'll kick that off, and then uh, I'll maybe get through the tenth round here. Marquise Goodwin is the third receiver drafted uh, by Yosemite Sam Bradford. Sky Eilers takes him at the 903 tonight. We already talked about Shane Helms, Andrew Luck pick, O.J. Howard to Jason Steves at the 903. Aaron Jones is the fourth running back chosen by Scott Barrett from Pro Football Focus. Drew Brees uh, is the fifth selection of the ninth round tonight to the Amity Hookers, Mark Barons and Jason Dare. Isaiah Crowell, uh, number four running back selected by Scott Pianowski, followed by Carson Wentz, the backup quarterback. Uh, for the Philadelphia Eagles right now. Nice. Uh, Wentz is the first quarterback chosen by Glenn Lowy. Jordy Nelson off the board as he is the uh, fourth receiver chosen by Michael Nazareth here. Patrick Mahomes, uh, Mike Dente, and uh, Adam Angelillo take Patrick Mahomes as their number one quarterback in the ninth round. Good on you. Ty Montgomery 
carved out a role in the Packers' backfield. He's carved out a role on Matt Schaub's best ball team here from Draft Sharks, as Ty Montgomery is the 9-10 selection. Carlos Hyde uh, to Scott Hoyt and Steve Dusick in the uh, penultimate uh, pick in the ninth round, followed by Kirk Cousins. Final selection of the ninth round, 4for4.com's Josh Moore taking Kirk Cousins. Ah, Patrick Mahomes going off the board before the <laughs> billion-dollar Kirk Cousins, Dave. A billion? Well, whatever they signed him for, it was a lot. I think he still drives like a Mercury Lynx or something, doesn't he? Um, I, it's, does, it's, I, don't know if, I don't even know if you're making that up or being serious. I, was just saying he drives, I thought he was, his thing was he was always like a modest guy, okay. a hard worker. All right, fair enough. Well, he was, he's going to be working hard to try to catch up to Patrick Mahomes at fantasy points this year. <laughs> Cousins probably rolling around in a Lamborghini Aventura, you know, killing him with a $300,000 car. Yeah. Well, uh, there's something to be said for somebody who's had the success of Mike Dente in the FFPC main event, the Football Guys Players Championship, grabbing the uh, elusive Patrick Mahomes here in the ninth round. <laughs> He's really good. like that. Uh, boy, if only Patrick Mahomes and Corey Davis were on the same team. I mean, that, that, that's, that's a, the ultimate PBJ yeah, stack. That's a super team, yeah. Yeah, exactly. The super team. That that would be like the Warriors, the Golden State Warriors of fantasy football. It's just like, why are you ruining it for everybody? We did that a couple. We did that like was it last year where we had our like we called it our teams. Like no, all the guys we had no, we did that. Well, I, I I'll say this: we did it the first year we did the show. We had our teams and we put five on it, and you destroyed me on it. And I, I don't think I've ever like. Decided we like it. we should do that again. We should do it. We should do it again this year. And make sure that, you know, like the ADPs. That's average that's out. that's the thing. That's why we did. I don't think we've done it because you have to. There's a lot of work that goes into one five dollar bet. It's easier to split those those bets up into you know. It's not about the bets. It's about who you really like for the season. No, it's about the work of keeping track of of all those players for one. We don't have to do it as a bet. We should just do it as talking smack up. Yeah, well, I mean, we sort of do that with Scott Fishbowl, don't we? Uh, who knows? Let's move on. All right. Fair enough. I, well, I'll, I'll see what we can do. Maybe we'll put something together this year. We don't really have anything going on. We can figure it out. Yeah, um, we do it on the way to Kentucky. Uh, on the way to Kentucky. Fair enough. Ten oh one pick is uh, Cameron Meredith to uh, Josh Moore from 4 for 4. Matthew Stafford is the backup quarterback for Scott Hoyt and Steve Dusick uh, backing up Aaron Rodgers there. Devontae Parker to Matt Shell, followed by Nick Chubb. Browns running back goes in the 10th round tonight. We, he's at the top of the show. We have no idea where this guy is going in any given pros versus Joe's draft. Might be the 7th round. Might be the 13th round. He will get selected at some point. We just don't know. Tonight it was the 10th round. Benjamin Watson backing up Jordan Reed uh, for Michael Nazareth tonight. But Cameron Braid is the second tight end chosen as well by Glenn Lowy uh, here in the uh, mid-10th round. Phillip Rivers is the first quarterback chosen by Scott Pianowski. He waits until round 10 to grab one, and it is Phillip Rivers. Devontae Booker to the Amity Hookers right after that. A couple of tight ends uh, after Booker. It's Charles Clay going to Scott Barrett from Pro Football Focus. And then it's Eric Ebra going to Jason Steves as his uh, back-to-back tight end selections of O.J. Howard and Eric Ebron take place. Nelson Aguilar uh, goes to uh, Shane Hallam. And then uh, Matt Ryan is the first quarterback chosen by Sky Eilers here at the end of the 10th round. I'm going to fly through the 11th here, and we'll get into some team analysis, Dave. Yeah, better start flying. Ben Roethlisberger, second consecutive quarterback, selected by Sky Eilers at the 11.01. Anthony Miller off the board to Shane Hallam at the 11.02. Quite a bit earlier than, uh, than our guys, you know, than uh, Mueller and Roach. Yeah, Mueller and Roach, obviously, Jeremy Roach living in Chicago, likes uh, Anthony Miller, says, uh, you know, told Danny that they needed to get him. Uh, and he goes last night... I thought I still had it up. It's here somewhere. 
Oh, receivers are yellow. 1506. 15-06, so quite a bit later. Uh, so he goes, maybe, you know, honestly, maybe it was the interview that, uh, hey, that, that had what him uh, shooting up to uh, Shane. Shane. Shane does his research on, on all these pros versus Joe's drafts. He knows what's going on. So. Yeah, he knows those guys are smart. Yep. And, and he's smart, too, so why not? He is. It, it, he it knows what camp reports are saying. It's a match made in heaven. The notorious RSJ goes to Scott Barrett. That's Ricky Seals-Jones at the 11.04. Theo Riddick right after that to uh, uh, the Amity Hookers as their number five running back. Jimmy Garoppolo, second consecutive quarterback drafted by Scott Pianowski. He pairs Garoppolo with Phillip Rivers. Austin Safarian Jenkins is the third tight end selected by Glenn Lowy to go with Jack Doyle and Cameron Brait. Bilal Powell, fourth running back chosen by Michael Nazareth. The TE3 for Mike Dente and Adam Angelillo is Jared Cook, followed by Austin Hooper, the number three tight end for Matt Schauff. James White goes off the board at the 11-11 tonight to Hoyt Dusick and then Mitchell Trubisky backing up Kirk Cousins for Josh Moore from 444.com. Uh, so that is our... Uh, four for four. Four, four, four dot com. Which make it tell you it's four, four, four. Anybody who's four worth... Four, four, four. Anybody who's worth their salt <laughs> in this industry, Dave, knows what four for four is. I do not have to go into... Four, four, four. Yeah, exactly. Would that be F-O-R, four? <laughs> four, four, four dot com. Four. Yeah. F-R-E. Yeah. They probably own all the domains. You know, whatever you, whatever you uh, <laughs> go net. to. Yeah. They, yeah, .org, .net, .gov. Uh, they got it. Let's get into uh, team analysis, Dave, as we get into the home stretch of the Pros or Joe's competition. This is, this is the last team analysis we'll be doing for the next 300 and, I don't know, 50-some days. For Pros versus Joe's, it is. Yeah, I know. We have the stupid other things. We'll get into that later at the end of the show. <laughs> Uh, Sky Eilers, running backs are Todd Gurley, Joe Mixon, Ronald Jones, Dion Lewis, and Giovanni Bernard. Receivers, Jarvis Landry, Robert Woods, Marquise Goodwin, and DJ Moore. <laughs> Tight ends are Zach Ertz and George Kittle. Quarterbacks are Matt Ryan and Ben Roethlisberger. <laughs> love this team, love the construction. The question is, can he build enough receiver depth to make it uh, a, a, a strong one that can compete for the league title? I mean, he's, you know, you look at you take some of these running backs for granted. I mean, Gurley, Joe Mixon, Ronald Jones, Dion Lewis. Then I'm G- not taking him for granted. And then Gio with Mixon. That is an amazing group of running backs. It really is. Very it's really, really, really strong. Ertz with Kittle is super, super strong. Ryan Roethlisberger is really, really great as well. And he's got a, he's got a, a great core of wide receivers with a lot of rounds to go. And receivers are semi-cheap in this draft. Landry Woods, good, uh, good one, and DJ Moore. I really like this team quite a bit. I think he's done a fantastic job. I'm glad Sky called in yesterday yeah. and uh, shared some of his strategy. He was a little bit nervous on the phone, which was, which was well, actually, I thought was endearing. I think he's a cool guy. But I think the reason he was nervous on the phone, he's like, okay, I want to talk. I want to seem intelligent because and I am. Yeah. But yeah. I don't want to give away anything, what I'm right. going to do. Maybe you know? so. Like, so it's just like he didn't want to say too much. Very nice team so far. I like it a lot. You didn't even mention the tight ends, Ertz and Kittle. I, I did. But oh, you did. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> I didn't even realize you mentioned the tight ends. Ertz and Kittle. Yeah, they're, they're good. Shane Hallam, David Johnson, Darius Geist, Lamar Miller, Kerryon Johnson, Peyton Barber at running back. Receivers, T.Y. Hilton, Michael Crabtree, Robbie Anderson, Nelson Aguilar, and Anthony Miller. Tight end is Kyle Rudolph, and uh, quarterbacks are Andrew Luck and Derek Carr. I don't have uh, a whole lot to say that I haven't already said. You know, we had Shane on earlier in the show. 
Um, the only, I mean, you know, can, can he build the tight end depth behind Rudolph? I love Rudolph. I think he's going to be great. The question is, uh, can, he, can he get some depth behind him to make this uh, a strong position week in and week out? Well, he kind of pumped his tight end, too, and I think that's okay if Rudolph stays healthy. And he, he, you know, he was healthy last year, early years, he's not so much. His running backs, again, David Johnson, Geis, Miller, Kerryon Johnson, that's a really super strong core of running back team. So I love that he's leading from that. Luck and Carr, great. Rudolph's fine. Hilton, Crabtree, Anderson, Aguilar, Miller, that's a little bit of the weakness, just like Yosemite Sam. But I, I think that I think he's in really in fine shape progressing through the rest of the draft. Teams one and two are both really good. Yeah. Like, yeah, this might be the draft where I like a lot of teams. It's weird because I didn't. there's a lot of other drafts where I didn't like all the teams, but the, the first two are really good here. Yeah. Uh, moving on to Jason Steves here. Le'Veon Bell, Ajay Ajayi, Tariq Cohen, Corey Clement, Chris Carson at running back. Receivers, Devontae Adams, A.J. Green, Juju Smith-Schuster. Tight ends, O.J. Howard, Eric Ebron. Tight ends are Russell Wilson and Tom Brady. He's also got the Jags defense uh, as well. Um, we just actually talked to Jason about this. We talked about how dominant his uh, trio of receivers is at the top. He's going to have, and you mentioned this, you know, he's going to have to fill in uh, some receivers uh, in the second half of the draft. He knows uh, uh, what he needs to do. I think the, the top three running backs are all very good. Uh, to get Clement to uh, pair with J.H.I., I thought that was a good job. He has the starting running back in Seattle, Chris Carson, right now. Yeah, uh, so I'd love to talk about that with Scott Barrett's team, by the way, but and, go ahead. And so, so that was a good selection. And then uh, Howard and Ebron are good, but they're both timeshare guys. So you probably want to get another couple of tight ends to go with those guys. I agree with you. I would actually get two more tight ends. I think that's definitely the kind of the so-called weakness of his team. I think if, if Steve's had a chance to go back and almost pass on Russell Wilson for Jeffrey, knowing that he was going to get Brady, I mean, you can't, who the hell knows that, right? Right. I think he would have been okay with that because that was a really, you know, he got Brady in the eighth round. If he had had Adams, Green, Juju, and Jeffrey, he'd been a little bit happier. But this team is, again, pretty solid. Tight ends are a little bit of a concern, but he's got plenty of time to kind of address that. Uh, Scott Barrett. Carson Pick was a great pick in the third Yeah, round. I agree. Uh, Scott Barrett from Pro Football Focus. Jarek McKinnon, LaShawn McCoy, Rashad Penny, uh, Aaron Jones at running back. Receivers Antonio Brown, Demarius Thomas, Josh Gordon, Alshon Jeffrey, Pierre Garcon, Sterling Shepard. Uh, tight ends Charles Clay, Ricky Seals Jones. Quarterback thus far is Dak Prescott. David, I mean, we might have the deepest receivers, maybe the best receiver core in the league here as he goes easily. Uh, uh, five deep. You make the case that he goes six deep with uh, Sterling Shepard, um, but it came. It comes at a cost. Now, uh, I'm fine with Dak Prescott being the only quarterback on his roster thus far, but he will have to address that shortly. Um, the, the the trio of running backs uh, up at the top. I mean, Penny. I'll let you break that down, but uh, there is some question marks with uh, with McCoy and, and McKinnon. I mean, maybe not big question marks, but they're there. And then uh, Aaron Jones, obviously suspended for the first two season, or first two games of the season. You're going to have to watch uh, if that puts him behind the eight ball or if the, the cream rises to the top there and uh, he's able to take that Green Bay running back job and run with it. Um, Clay and Seals Jones at tight end. Uh, probably want to get another couple of tight ends there to go with those guys since he waited so long to, to attack the position. Yeah, it's okay to be kind of punting tight ends because his running backs and receivers are really, really great. Uh, McCoy's got some risk. Penny's got risk. And then he did not mitigate the risk in the 12th round or 11th round or whatever by taking Carson. Yeah. He let him fall to the 13th and did not, you know, it's fine. But Penny's not the starter at this point, and, the, you know, the team is talking up Chris Carson. It's like, when you have three core running backs, one of them is facing some sort of weird investigation going on. And Penny's a rookie. 
I think that, and, and then your fourth running back is suspended for two games. You take Carson, you kind of pump that, and you, you know, you have Brown, Thomas, Gordon, Jeffrey, Gar- Garcon, that's fine. I mean, I know Shepard is a good value, but I don't think you needed to get him necessarily. Still, with all, with all those other receivers that he already had. Yeah, having said all that, again, I like this team as well. I, the first four teams, I can't really rip on any of their teams. This fourth team is probably one of the most similar to how I would draft it because I would have punted uh, tight end and quarterback to the later rounds. A kinder, gentler dizzle on the show tonight. Yeah, being, I don't know, being nice, whatever. Uh, being nice, not taking they're shots. Drafting, they're drafting better. I think also, I think because these players do not go eighth blank on tight ends, that it, it makes their teams looking, it makes them look better. I like how you selectively censor yourself on yeah, this. Yeah, I know show. I said the SHIT yeah. word twice already, so I don't want to say it too soon. Uh, okay. The Amity Hookers here. Dave, uh, Mark Barron's and Jason Dare at the five spot tonight. Let's talk about their squad. Ezekiel Elliott and Christian McCaffrey lead the running backs to go with Marlon Mack, Devontae Booker, Theo Riddick, and Naheem Hines. Receivers Doug Baldwin, Julian Edelman, Sammy Watkins, and Kelvin Benjamin. Tight ends are Delaney Walker and Evan Engram. Quarterbacks Drew Brees and Case Keenum. I really like the running back depth on, on this team. I think Walker and Engram really solidify the tight ends. Totally fine with Brees and Keenum. Um, the, you know, a lot of question marks at receiver, and there's not a lot of depth to sort of mitigate that. You have uh, Doug Baldwin. We, we touched on that with the, with the knee issue. Julian Edelman obviously suspended for the first four games. Sammy Watkins, I mean, he's, he's – Again, I'm warming up to him, but I'm not all the way there yet with him. And then you have Kelvin Benjamin catching passes for maybe uh, the sprinkler himself, Josh Allen. <laughs> the sprinkler. That's, that's a people... new nickname on the show, the sprinkler. I like that, actually. Uh, yeah, I love Elliot. I, I love Elliot McCaffrey. I, lo- I love Walker and Ingram, but it, it does come with a sacrifice of receiver. Baldwin is number one. Given the current news, I think that's a concern. Edelman suspended. Yeah, that, the, we- the receivers are a little bit too weak. This is a team I'm... Not as big of a fan of due to those things. Shane Hallam wants you to know that his tight ends are in great shape right now because he took, and this is a guy I was going to mention, yeah, took your boy, tech. Luke Wilson, as the uh, number two tight end. I, I know he probably knows I hype up Luke Wilson, but I think that's a good pick, man. Yeah, I know. I was actually going to say something. I'm like, eh, I'm not going to say anything yet. Uh, He's a metric he superstar. Metric superstar indeed. Uh, I mean, you know, by the way, Shane did reference that we dogged his Jared Goff pick last year. And it turned out great. Surprisingly, but I, nevertheless, this year we like the Luke Wilson pick, so maybe I hope it doesn't draw badly. I'll just feel kind of bad. Uh, just so everybody's aware, <laughs> when I dog a pick on the show, it's simply for good radio. Dave actually means it. So <laughs> I, do. I, I actually thought the golf pick was a, a was a shrewd, great value last year. I just couldn't say it, you know, for the sake of producing a good podcast. Lucky, when you say something negative, you surely do mean it because that's like two percent of the time. I only see the positive in picks. I can I can only see the upside, which is yeah. probably why my teams have suffered so much downside. Over oh, the Luke Wilson, what a fantastic pick. Scott Pianowski from Yahoo Sports is picking uh, the sixth spot tonight. His running backs are Alvin Kamara, Devontae Freeman, C.J. Anderson, and Isaiah Kroll. His receivers, Mike Evans, Amari Cooper, Golden Tate, Chris Hogan, Cooper Cup. Uh, tight end so far is Vance McDonald. He does have four quarterbacks, Phillip Rivers, Jimmy Garoppolo, Blake Bortles, and Annie Dalton. That's hilarious. So it's a little bit of an overkill on, on the quarterbacks. I don't think he needed to do that, and it's, it's, it's hurting his tight end depth. Um, he's very top-heavy with running backs, with uh, both Kamara and Freeman, uh, but it gets a little dicey after that. He's going to need uh, Anderson and, and Kroll to get, get in the end zone quite a bit this year. 
I think with Dalton, the reason he took Dalton is because he realized that teams five and four only had one quarterback. I don't know. I don't know that he needed to necessarily do that, but it was kind of fun to see it happen. Uh, he may not have less than 20 points on any given week at his quarterback position. And yeah, he's going to be fine. You know, his receivers are pretty darn good. Kamara Freeman, that's fine. For you know, Crowell and Anderson, I just feel like those guys are just like turds. But I, I just again, that's just my opinion. I don't right. really care for either of them. Right. Cooper Cup nice pick in the eighth. Well, that seems just cat early for Cooper Cup. Uh, quarterback's fantastic. Vance McDonald, he's the only one, and he's a sleeper. I, you know, those, that's a, that's a problem a little bit. Your, your tight end's going to be a problem. Cup does go at the 901 uh, on average um, for uh, the best ball format. So I mean, he, again, he's, Cup was probably wasn't coming back to him. I mean, there's a shot that he's coming back to him, but. You want him? You got to get him. We've seen him on the tenth in some of these, but that's all right. I get it. Uh, all eyes were on Glenn Lowy to see how his draft would turn out tonight. And uh, from the seventh spot, he goes at running back Saquon Barkley, Jordan Howard, Sony Michelle, Tevin Coleman, receivers Julio Jones, Larry Fitzgerald, Devin Funches, Kenny Stills, and Des Bryant. Tight ends are Jack Doyle, Cameron Braid, Austin Safarian Jenkins. Quarterbacks are Carson Wentz and Alex Smith. Not just because he's a great FFPC customer, Dave, but this is a good team. This is a, a very solid team. Yep, I totally agree, actually. He's just done a nice job. Barkley, Howard, Michelle, fantastic. Yep, even Kevin Coleman in the seventh. I mean, don't I, underestimate yeah, that. I'm not a huge Coleman fan, but it, it's nice. And, uh, you know, Kenny Stills does Ryan Late. That's pretty fantastic. And the quarterbacks and tight ends should work out. Should work out. Yeah, I mean, to get, to get three tight ends by round 11 in this draft, uh, he gets one more quarterback. I think he's in, in good shape. Every underestimates Des Bryant, but if he is signed somewhere, I mean, that's a significant pick in, in the 14th round. And he has that Julio Fitz backbone there to uh, at his receivers. So I think this is a, it's a strong draft from, uh, from Glenn Lowy. Michael Nazareth from ffmastermind.com was in the eighth spot. He goes Kareem Hunt, Mark Ingram, Duke Johnson, Bilal Powell at running back. Uh, receivers, Michael Thomas, Stephon Diggs, Will Fuller, Jordy Nelson, Marquise Lee. Uh, tight ends are Jordan Reed, Benjamin Watson, and Vernon Davis, and quarterbacks Deshaun Watson and Eli Manning. I think what you know, Mike's a, a veteran in this competition. He's uh, he's done awesome in it before. I mean, I believe he has two top five overall finishes in the pros. There's yeah, Nazareth. Nazareth. Uh, yeah, he does very very well in this. Um, so I, I think what he did, what he did uh, a good job here is is really balancing everything out. He is not going to be caught short-handed uh, at any position. I, I guess. You maybe could question the running back um, depth a little bit with only four on his roster, but I think he's good and deep at receiver. Um, you know, the, he's got three tight ends through round 14. I think he did a good job there. And, and um, you know, I, I don't – I'm picking at nits when I say this because I, I feel like his structure is, is, a, is a structure that I, I would definitely get on board with. He maybe chose some players that I wasn't a huge fan of, but, I mean, this – this roster has the, all the potential to win this league. Yeah, I look at, I look at Nazareth, and I, like I would have taken Cooper Cup or Will Fuller. That's just my personal opinion. I like how what I think he did well with structure, and I, well, this is kind of what you're getting at. He took Reed, he took Watts at a 5 and 6, and that's a little bit to take those two of that at that spot that's a tad bit early. But then he stretched them out. He stretched out tight end and quarterback in the later rounds. So I think he did, did a fine job overall with all. With, it's a very good balanced team. Nice job. Mike Dente in the uh, nine spot tonight at First Stop Fantasy on Twitter. Leonard Fournette, Derek Henry, Jamal Williams, and Nick Chubb at running back. Keenan Allen, Tyreek Hill, Brandon Cooks, Tyler Lockett at receiver. 
Uh, Trey Burton, David Njoku, Jared Cook at tight end. And the quarterbacks are Patrick Mahomes, Jared Goff, and Jameis Winston. Love the quarterbacks, Dave. I think the tight ends are, he did a very good job there as well. There's a lot of explosiveness uh, with the receivers, uh, including a target hog at the top with Keenan Allen. And uh, you got to love the value of, of Tyler Lockett in the 14th uh, as well. Um, the, number, the number one for the Seahawks. The, yeah, allegedly, yeah. And, uh, I, I guess, I don't know. You, Leonard Fournette, Derrick Henry, how many passes are they going to catch? Um, oh, like 15. And, uh, Come by. I mean, he gets Jordan Wilkins here, by the way, in the 15. At least he has trouble. He catches – wait, well, he doesn't catch any passes. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, <laughs> you'd like to get pass-catching running backs, but those should both be high-volume guys at least. Again, another competitive team here for Mike Dente. Yeah, I mean, it could be a ton of touchdowns, actually. I mean, Chubb, I thought, again, Chubb in the 10th round was a super nice value. Fournette, Henry, Chubb, that, I mean, those are, those could, those are a lot, that's a lot of carries. And then Jamal Williams, I mean, who knows? Jamal Williams, Aaron Jones, not really sure exactly. Burton and Joe, who's fine. And then Cook, like the quarterbacks are fantastic as well. I think it's a pretty competitive team. Jamal Williams strikes me as the guy that nobody wants to win the Packers running back job, but is probably going to be the guy to win the Packers running back job. Probably. You know, the, the majority of snaps will probably go to him uh, this year. So I think you, you look at a guy, getting a guy like that in the seventh round, that's... Uh, My general position, like I said, I'm not trying to invest in Packers running back. Let right. somebody else figure that out. Okay. Uh, Matt Schell from DraftSharks.com. Running backs, Melvin Gordon, Dalvin Cook, Marshawn Lynch, Ty Montgomery. Uh, receivers, Adam Thielen, Corey Davis, Devontae Parker, Kenny Galladay, Josh Doxson. Tight ends, Greg Olson, Tyler Eifert, Austin Hooper. Uh, quarterbacks are Cam Newton and Marcus Mariota. Did I already say the quarterbacks? Who knows? Oh, my gosh. This I, is a sixth show. Yeah. It's no, the last, last, last ten minutes of the sixth show. Exactly. Um, Shane, Lance, and, and Watts guy are paying attention. No one else cares. Okay. So we have, so like three, people we have three invested listeners. left. Bourbon City Ballers is left. Whatever. It's like these five awesome people. Antoine, Bourbon City and, Ballers. Shane Helm, Lance, and Waspike. Yeah. That's it. The, no one else matters. Yeah. We're just doing this show for you guys. The diehards. <laughs> That's all we care about. So you look at uh, Matt Schaus' team, and he took uh, – this, this is a team that reminds me of, of Michael Nazareth a little bit in that the structure, I think, is, is the structure uh, I would have, but the players. Uh, I don't they're know. all the worst. Well, they're not the worst, but I mean, like, yeah, I do like Greg Olson. I do like Corey Davis. In the sixth, by the way, Corey Davis, it's a 603. That's, okay. that, that's not cheap. Yeah, it's, it's not cheap. I, I don't know if I would have gone with Tyler Eifert uh, where he went. I don't know if I would have invested a single-digit pick in, in Ty Montgomery. In Devontae Parker, I mean, it is 10th round, but it is still Devontae Parker. Bucky, this is, by the way, the second consecutive draft that the drafters took Corey Davis and Devontae Parker. Oh, yeah, yeah. Does that concern you at all? Yeah, I mean, there's... there's that the ultra-bust Devontae Parker is getting drafted by the not-yet-a-bust Corey Davis. Good. Uh, I'll just say this, too. Uh, good upside with Galladay and Doxon. Uh, so Actually, I, I totally... I, I agree with that. In fact, all, all the wide receivers, as much as I joke around, Corey Davis, Parker, Galladay, Doxon all have upside. That, those are good high-stakes side picks as well. Uh, I agree with upside. He has, you know, downside of you know, 18th vertebrae or is broken, whatever. Right. Yeah, or whatever soft tissue injury well, he's, yeah, whatever he's sporting he's this year. Yeah. Um, he's got a shot. There's some risk, though. Uh, Bourbon City Ballers chimes in. Uh, says we're doing great. He wants more jury duty stories. <laughs> so we'll, we'll have to get called again, I guess, and, and, you know, regale everybody with more tales from the courtroom um, with David <laughs> Yeah. 
We should get a Feeny Jack Honiton. Oh, that'd be and great. We, know, we have so story. many lawyers that, yeah. that we've had on the show. That they could probably... We should have like a lawyer story segment. Like better call Saul, like just weird stuff. Yeah. No, that wouldn't be a bad idea. Uh, certainly for the last few minutes of show six, uh, <laughs> that would be a great idea. Scott Hoyt and Steve Dusick from the 11th spot tonight. Kenyon Drake, Royce Freeman, Carlos Hyde, James White at running back. Receivers, DeAndre Hopkins, Jamison Crowder, Emmanuel Sanders, Alan Hearns, Calvin Ridley. Tight ends, Rob Gronkowski and Jimmy Graham. Uh, quarterbacks are Aaron Rodgers, Matthew Stafford, and Tyrod Taylor. Uh, Steven Gaskowski is the kicker. The Vikings are the defense. So you go with the early tight end strategy where he gets Gronk in the second, Graham in the fourth. Um, it, again, it comes at a price. And I thought he did a good job with receivers. Not a huge fan of, of the running backs, I guess. Um, there's some unknowns there uh, with that backfield. Uh, there are no unknowns of his quarterbacks. They're going to be fantastic. Um, and the tight ends are obviously great. Uh, I, I don't have a problem with the receivers either. Running backs is the question for me. Well, when you invest uh, half of your first six picks in tight end and quarterback, it's going to leave you weak at running back. Freeman, to me, seemed like a little bit of a reach at the 5'11". So then, and then you're left with you know, Crowder and, and Sanders as your top two receivers. I think that's, that's, it's a little bit of a weakness. So I, I think that there's a definite concern at that position, at, at a few positions. Mostly running back and receiver, and that's where I don't want to have problems. Final team we will recap in the 2018 FFPC Pros versus Joe's competition is 444s.com. Josh Moore, excuse me. <laughs> uh, he has his running backs, Alex Collins, Rex Burkhead, Chris Thompson, Matt Breida, and Buck Allen. Uh, receivers, Odell Beckham, Allen Robinson, Marvin Jones, Randall Cobb, Cameron Meredith, Richard Matthews, Chris Godwin, and Tyrell Williams. Uh, the tight end thus far is uh, Travis Kelsey, and then uh, quarterbacks are Kirk Cousins and Mitchell Trubisky. So he's, uh, you know, he, he's awesome at tight end at the top, but there's got to be some depth there. I, I want to see that. He has great wide receiver depth. I think he did a good job there. Um, running back stable, I'm not a huge fan of. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not the biggest Alex Collins fan in the world. Certainly Rex Burkhead looks like he's in a timeshare. Chris Thompson, obviously the, the leg uh, news that came out today does not bode well. Brito was a good value. Buck Allen's going to catch passes. That was good. I don't have any problems with uh, Cousins and Trubisky either. Just not one of my favorite teams in this draft tonight. Yeah, I agree. I mean, he has one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight wide receivers and one tight end. This Kelsey, but you need more tight ends. Kelsey has bye weeks. He will have a week where he's like two for 24 or three for 30, and you, you need someone else out there. Uh, so that again, you were, you, the point you made about running backs too, I agree. Collins, Burkhead, and Chris Thompson, Breida, and Javorius Allen are not the guys you want to go to war with as your core running backs, especially when you look at when you're competing against a team like Yosemite Sam with Gurley, Mixon, Ronald Jones, and Dion Lewis and Giovanni Bernard. That's dude. That's just so tough to, to compete against that. Right. So I, I think that's what definitely is weakness. I think that's going to come back to bite him. It, it, it certainly may, and uh, we'll, we'll see. I mean, this is, you know, we, we give these team analyses, or now analyses, I guess, as, as it were. We give these on the show with a limited amount of information. This is still July. I mean, it's August will be here in actually a couple hours. Um, it's actually almost here on the, on the East Coast. But all we can do is, is go off what we think, the team structure, what we think of these players. It will all play out over the course of the 2018 FFPC uh, and NFL season. So this, it was a lot of fun. We, we had another great time. 
covering the pros versus Joe's draft this year. I, I guess I don't have any overarching themes, Dave. I, I was thinking about this on uh, on the way to the studio tonight. The one thing that I think really stuck out to me, covering all six of these drafts this year, of five coming into this one. Avoid Mike Evans? No, no definitely oh. not. Sorry. Over the years in the pros versus Joe's competition, I feel like there's been a significant amount of haves and have-nots um, when we've done these drafts, when, when we've given the analysis uh, at the end of it. I feel that was few and far between this year. I feel like all six of these drafts, they're so competitive, so well-balanced. And I think I alluded to it a couple of nights ago. You can see that overall leaderboard flipping back and forth, uh, you know, like a slot machine over the entire course of the season. I think everybody really did their homework this year. Everybody's pretty familiar with the format. And it's going to be a wild ride uh, to follow these teams throughout the season, both at myffpc.com and fantasymojo.com. Yeah, I had, a, I had a great time. This is really fun. Uh, this is the best year as far as enjoyment for myself. So I'm so glad. That's, to, all, that's all I care about is yeah, how much fun I have. How much fun you have. I'm so glad to hear. I hope all the 72 players and pros, Joe's, right. had a good time. I'm thrilled to hear that you had a great time, that, that this was so <laughs> much should, fun. We should all enjoy ourselves. This is what life's about, man. It is. Stay positive. I feel like something's missing. The economy's good. Unemployment's low. There's a void. I feel like I have one more of these live draft coverage shows in me. Oh, no. Fuck you. That, I feel like good. I got one more. Come on, really? One more before the start of the season. Fine, I'll do, I'll do another one. Why don't we cover the pros, all right, pros versus Joe's, the Football Guys Players Championship Friday night. the real draft with real people that pay real money? Right, exactly. Not these fakies? It is the live on HSFF, our FPC draft. This Friday night, we will be going on one hour early, 9, 8 central, to cover it. The lineup tonight, uh, it, it's chock full of former guests and co-hosts of the show. Uh, Jimmy Wagner will be drafting first, followed by Biplab Mandel, who, by the way, changed his team name to... The Sound Ended, by the way. No one's listening. The Notorious B.I.P. No, uh, The Sound Ended for the live listeners. The oh. podcasters are still hearing this. Oh. The Notorious B.I.P. is drafting too, and that is his team name. He changed it to that, which is fantastic. Hudson Kern-Reeve, the Truth Warrior, is drafting third. Tony Pung, uh, Frank Imbornoni, two of the uh, more familiar faces in this draft. Emerson Rammel will be drafting sixth, followed by John Terry, who is in the chat room tonight as Aunt Jemima. Kurt Kikis, who drafted, you heard him drafting pros versus Joe's. He's going to be drafting eighth. Dean Sykes is ninth, our good friend from Hong Kong. Drafting under the team name Hong Kong is Ray Chung. Ken Orvitz. Dean Sykes, that's his team name? Dean Sykes is, is the name of the player. Lazy Crickets is the name of his team. What does Ray Chung have to do with that? Hong Kong is Ray Chung's team. He is in this league right, as well. Right. Uh, Ken Orvitz at 11th, and then uh, Vince Staffolino, who I believe may have, I think he picked 12th in Revelations this year, and he's picking 12th in the uh, exposed uh, high-stakes fantasy hey, sorry, cover, coverage of the, uh, of the F- FPC. Um, so that is going to do it, ladies and gentlemen, for not only for our show tonight, but for the Pros vs. Joe's coverage of uh, the high-stakes, excuse me, uh, on the high-stakes fantasy football hour uh, this season. I want to thank uh, Darren Armani, our mutual friend and producer, Rob, audio engineer Bryce, Dave Gerzak, the FFPC, everybody who made this possible. The YouTube feed will be cut shortly, but you can check out all the final draft boards on our social media accounts tomorrow, as well as the FFPC message boards as well. Thanks to Brad Pinkstaff, Danny Mueller, Shane Hallam, and Jason Cease for calling in and uh, hanging out with us. I really appreciate it. Sign up for your leagues at myffpc.com. 
Your week continues now. This has been another episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com that was broadcast live and heard around the world. Eric and Dave will be back next week with more analysis, interviews, and advice from a guest much smarter than they are. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk with you again next week. About to call your ass a Uber, I got somewhere to be. I hear fairy tales by how they gon' run up on me. Well, run up when you see me, then we gon' see. I got enemies, got a lot of enemies. Got a lot of people trying to drain me of this energy. Trying to take the wave. So if my, like, Balky's team, uh, you know, if we're doing this this year, if, if it's led by Corey Davis and Patrick McCombs, like, who is the Dizzle version of Mahomes and, and Davis this year? Who, like, who are your, the two guys that, that you're uh, planting your flag in and, and are super excited about? I guess McCaffrey would have to be one, right? Yeah, if you're saying random players. Yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll figure out with ADP and everything, but McCaffrey's got to be one of yours. I don't know who your, your second tout would be. DJ Moore? Yeah, I mean, I I honestly don't know. Uh, know, Let me think about it a little bit. You think about it. Get back to us. We're going to have two hours of beautiful radio on Friday night for you to spill the beans on that. Thanks so much, PVJ listeners. We'll talk with you again soon.